Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, how are we doing on this Monday, Morgan Reagan? Um, I'm, I'm... <laughs> Why the hesitation? It is Monday. It's a big Kings week. It's Monday. It's a big Kings week. I'm just loving everything. Oh, it's a huge one. It's a huge one. You got tonight's game, and then you got the Knicks coming to town. Tonight's game's on NBA TV, by the way. Yes, it is. Thursday's on TNT. Whoa. Super excited for that. Yes, I am really excited. Do you hear Mike something in the background? Yep, I did. Was that Chris Watkins in the yeah, background? Yeah, why are we is that Chris Verlod? No, oh, that was me playing is. with my mic. That was Verlod. That was definitely Verlod. What is up? Chris Watkins, uh, he joins us too in this hour. Let's stop for a second and give some love to Chris Watkins. Because oh, you know he loves attention being yes. on him. Yeah, okay? right. Loves it. So Chris Watkins today, it's official. It's official. Launched Chris and Co. Yeah! Yeah. Which is Monday through Friday from 10 to 11. Dude. dude congrats. Congrats. Dude. Yeah. Thank you. No, no. I, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. And, you know, thank you guys for obviously knowing it's a big day and showing up for me. And uh, it means a lot for you guys to, you know, be uh, here you, for, for my dude, day. Dude, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Carlin know who's drugged up and, like, barely moving well. Gotcha. To, um, I'll let him know that. I should leave to come say good job. No, for person. sure. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, it's you, you don't care I about. Stopped, my no, dog I thought Carlin. you cared about me. I was just. I, it was, Aww, it's fine. It's true. it's okay. It's just like I just get it now. You know. Yeah, I just know where like I stand. Who, who is where mm, on the ladder? Like mm-hmm. Carlin and then Chris Watkins. Yeah. Where's Frankie on that list then? Oh, Frankie's down n- there. Near the bottom. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. you know, I put Absolutely. I put his mom, his sister, and his girlfriend even above oh, him. I saw that you were talking with them the other day. <laughs> oh, he loved no, I think we're best friends now. No, I think are. we're all best 100%. friends. But Chris, just really quick, going back to you, because um, I know you love attention. Yeah, I love it. Uh, just so happy for you. You does you work your ass off and you just deserve everything that keeps coming to you. So I'm just so glad that we get to work with you. No, I'm happy that you guys are, are letting me work with you guys as well. I mean, I've been a huge fan of you guys since, you know, who even knows oh, how long. And so, you know, not, this is fake. This is fake. I swear. No, Hey, I, what a fraud. you know what? I have been, I've been banking this story. I one time called you guys to win a contest and I lied. And y'all called me out, and I remember it to this day. Wait, what like, we to lying? this day. It was, it was like, it was, you could probably give away King's tickets or something, and I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm not about to pay $10 to get into Arco. Um, and it was like, tell me your best road trip story or something like that. And I was like, okay. I don't have one, but I really want these tickets. And I think I lied about, like, I w- like oh, the Kings played – the Blazers in sack and then played at the Blazers and I went to the game and then drove all the way up to Portland and then went to the game in Portland. I don't know. It was, so, I was dumb. So you lied and we called you on it just you like called I just me. called you out yeah. on saying you're big fans for a long mm. time. So it's all coming together. Um, it's all good. No, it's fine. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm really happy for you because you're one of those guys that deserves it. You've worked your ass off. Like Morgan said, and just, hey, stay confident. You sound great today. You're it so was awesome. Good. Yeah. You're so good, dude. And we need new voices in this city. We Hell need yeah. different voices. We need someone with a little yeah. new energy, someone young. Done with Jason different. Ross, right? 
I'm sorry. We're done with Jason Ross, right? That's that's. <laughs> what, what you're, I, I'm sorry. What you're, you said Jason Ross. I didn't. I who? I don't know. Who oh that. my. Okay, he's younger at heart than all he of is. you. Okay, um, so you stop that. I, I might want to ask his get, heart if he's young at heart. I was gonna say. I think his heart is actually older than hey. him. Right? <laughs> Based on. Uh, hey, by the way, uh, we are doing this show not from the Sacktown Sports Studios. We will be back in those studios tomorrow. So the good news, Carlin's vet visit went okay. Like they, they confirmed he had a back strain. Now he's on a whole bunch of drugs. I can't really leave him today. Don't really have coverage to leave him there today. Um, he is progressing well, which is a good sign. So nothing crazy, but a back strain for my little my little pup, man. Yep. Don't don't mess with the 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 bulldog yes. breed. My goodness. Well, let's uh, go over the Kings weekend because it, it had its highs and lows. He started Friday night with that win against the shorthanded Clippers, hanging on to win that game. And then Saturday night, Minnesota comes to town. I was nervous about the game just because Minnesota's been playing well. And, man, I just feel like not only did the Kings not play good defense in that game, for sure, Minnesota is Getting hot, man. They look pretty good, and I feel like they're a tough matchup for Sacramento. I I was pretty disappointed with what I saw, though, defensively in that game. And it, it was just, you want to win those games at home, Chris. Yeah, I mean, and we've talked about it throughout the year. I mean, especially recently, like, the Kings have a winning record at home, and we know that Golden 1 Center is a great crowd. But it just, the, the record hasn't reflected that of being, like, an elite home court advantage and so like you're saying like you want to see them take care of those games at home especially ones that are up for grabs you know the kings made the run they they made multiple runs they got the crowd into it and they just could never really get over the hump but uh to your point i think i mean i i came away really impressed with minnesota just i didn't think they had that kind of offensive firepower and uh i think i it's i give a lot of credit to mike conley i've always been a really big mike conley guy it just kind of feels like he's He's a professional, and that's exactly what they need, and it's such a huge counter to, to having D'Angelo Russell as their point guard. Not that D'Lo doesn't have his great moments. We've seen a couple great D'Lo moments in Sacramento, but uh, it just feels like with Mike Conley, like it's just such a steadying presence. Uh, it'll be interesting to, to see how they progress moving forward, especially with it seems like maybe Cat isn't going to return this year. Uh, they're better it, off without him right and no and i'm i'm with you on all of that chris i think what mike conley has added as a veteran as an experienced guy you know just uh, composed and controlled on the floor but on top of all of that you think about the way that the t wolves did shoot from beyond the arc <sighs> against the kings they were 20 of 39 shooting 51 percent from deep 13 of those threes were wide open threes, right? So the Kings not doing a great job of defending them, but it's like you said, Chris, they did a great job of swinging that ball around, getting those paint touches, finding the open man on the outside. And the, against the Kings defense that already has its issues, to capitalize on it like that was just on another level, Deuce. Yeah, and this is where when you have a guy like Anthony Edwards, he is showing you why he's a star. And it's one thing to talk about the scoring, Take away the scoring. That guy's just in control. Some of the passes he was yes. making, just laser, just right to the corner. The ball movement, the decision-making, getting in the paint, those are all big things. And then he's able to get his, too. The guy's almost a complete offensive package. I think for Sacramento, it was just frustrating to see those corner threes. And I know yes. they're, they're trying to pick the poison, right? On the pick and roll, do you go have the low man come and help out? 
to stop a Gobert drive or an easy jam from someone and then recover to the corner, they gave up a lot of wide-open corner threes, and it was tough. You know, whoever was the low man would come over and try to contest it, but it just didn't do anything. Those guys are in rhythm. They're just sitting there chilling. That was tough. Yeah, and that's something Mike Brown talked about at the uh, like in the middle portion of this year was it was a problem that he was willing to have because he was like, we're so bad in the paint that I just want to make sure that we're not giving up those middle drives, giving up paint touches. And so he was like, I'm okay with allowing people to have more open looks from three with the sacrifice of hopefully we're better in the paint. But it does feel like, especially I really noticed it in that first Clipper game and then again in the second one, it just does feel like we're giving up a lot more wide open corner threes specifically. And that's that's the easiest three that you're yeah. going to take in a game. And if you're going to give it to guys like Nick Batum and, you know, you saw – uh, the, yeah, the the uh, Timberwolves hit thir- went, uh, 13 open threes. It felt like that. Um, and I wonder if it is, do you think it's because of the fact that it seems like the Kings have started to play more zone defense? Because that's yeah, kind I mean, of a product of it. That's interesting. I, I don't know that they were playing zone in some of those instances, of course. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think part of it is like you have to contain your man on the perimeter. You know, and I think choosing whether to go under or over a screen is a yes, big one. Right. Like, they were going under, excuse me, they were going over on McLaughlin. Well, why? He's not known for being some crazy three-point shooter. Know your personnel. You have to contain the ball. And if you can't contain the ball, like, that's that's fine if the low man comes over to help on the drive, but you're still allowing a paint touch. And some of these talented players in the league, they're going to pick you apart. Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to have a guy in the corner. They already know that guy's going to be in the corner. So it's going to be an easy decision for them to make that pass to the corner. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I think there's just things they can clean up. Of course, we have to be realistic. We know that this team is not going to be like a great defensive team. Right. But I think more times than not this year, we've seen them kind of buckle down in the fourth quarter of games. And that's why they've been a team that's been top 10 in defensive rating in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's something I talked about during my show was just, but do you, do you feel like that is a sustainable way of, winning in the postseason or as games matter most is is i mean because they to their credit they really have been better as the as the game goes on their quarter by quarter defense does get better as the game goes along but it just feels like especially in a game like against minnesota or the again that first clipper game where the double overtime game if you're gonna let them get in rhythm and a team that typically isn't one of the better offenses in the league if you're gonna let them shoot 60 percent from the field it feels like you're just kind of setting yourself up for failure late in the game. Yeah, you are. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I don't know how much it had to do with the back-to-back. Right. Three games. Which of, we're not you know, even four talking nights about, or whatever. Right? I don't know. Like, Minnesota was on a back-to-back, too. But, mm-hmm. man, some of the stuff in transition, where they've actually been good transition yeah. in transition, they allow 11 points, fast break mm-hmm. points a game in yeah. the league, which is number one. Last game, Minnesota had 16 in the first half, and Kyle Anderson was pushing. Mm -hmm. I just feel like they didn't stop the ball. They weren't physical, and Minnesota did all the things well. Offensively, they knocked down their shots, but the ball movement was great. They weren't feeling the Kings, and I feel like every time we talk about Mike Brown ripping his team after a game about defense, it's that the opposing team does not feel them, Mm -hmm. and that's... Come playoff time, you you better bring that. Right. And now now you start to wonder, okay, Mike Brown's really starting to tinker, right? Like Kessler Edwards, PJ yeah. Dozier. He's putting some random lineups Alex out Len there. Alex Len got some game. minutes. 
yeah, dude. It was, it was really interesting to see, and like you know, I, I, yeah, it, it it's going to be interesting just how this team manages to play against some of these better teams too. I mean, the the, the schedule is about to get a whole lot tougher. And now would be a great time for someone like a, a Kessler Edwards to get into the rotation and maybe make some defensive impact. Because I think, that, again, like the teams that these guys are playing coming up, they have New Orleans tonight. They have the Knicks who have won nine straight on Thursday. Mm. Uh, mm. And then they have Phoenix on Saturday. Oh, yeah. And then on Monday they have to play Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. So it, now, there's no better time than the present to kind of figure these things out. But it, do you feel like there's a chance that maybe they can get better as the season is closing or does it feel like 65 games in we kind of need to start realizing that this is kind of who they are i feel like this is kind of who they are based on personnel (laughs) i really do we we need a break for 60 seconds on the radio side we'll continue this conversation king's take on the pelicans tonight deer and fox the last i saw is questionable with left hamstring soreness so we'll talk about that we got a, it was a wild weekend in the NBA, too, so we got to talk about that as well. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sacktown Sports. Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports alongside Chris Watkins, who you can hear Monday through Friday from 10 to 11. On his new show, Chris and Co. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just talking about the Kings defense, the Kings weekend recap. It's funny because like the way you heard me and Chris talking about that game, we're like, man, the defense can to get better. Blah blah blah. The Kings have won five of six, and oh by the <laughs> way, they did not play great against the T Wolves the other night. Still had a chance to win. They, yeah. won, they lost one thirty eight to one thirty four. So with all that said, the defense was bad. The offense found a way to stay in the game. They were down 17 points at one at one point. Kevin Herter got it going. So the offense will keep you in games. It's just, can you be just a little better defensively? You know, for the Kings to get better defensively, it's one of those things where you need to see every guy step up on a different level as an individual. We know what they can accomplish as a team defense when they're rotating the right ways. They weren't even, it's not even necessarily that they weren't rotating the right spots. They just had a point of emphasis and that was on the middle, the restricted area with Rudy Gobert. But now you look at moments with like Terrence Davis and giving guys angles. Chemezi Metu has been a part of that problem as well. I know they're coming off the bench. I know they're role players, but their role as a defender needs to be much better than what it was. I agree with you. I thought the bench defense let him down, and Brown kind of let that unit rock from the end of the first into the second quarter. Also, a kind of a weird thing from that last game, Keegan Murray played 20 minutes. He only played just under five minutes in the second half. He shot the ball twice, did not score in the game. I went back this morning and watched his first, what? Of course you did. Come on, basketball mind. You got um, okay. to lock in. You know, we react right away, and I'm watching him, and I'm like, there was something missing with him last game. And I don't know. I thought offensively he was just chilling in the corner a lot. Sure. They didn't really give him any touches. He's got to be more aggressive trying to get the rock, too, be in a position. There was not a lot of movement from him. And I thought defensively he really struggled with Kyle Anderson, especially in transition. He has to play with more physicality. Actually, his best defensive moments in that game to me came when he got switched on to Anthony Edwards and he did all right on him. 
I just was disappointed we didn't see him again in the game. And I know Brown was experimenting with some other stuff, but Keegan's been playing so well. We've seen the growth on in all aspects of his game. Let the rookie rock a little bit. Let's see if he can get out of the struggles in a game. You know what I'm saying, Chris? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I think it was a little rough to not have him check back in again. But, you know, also in Brown's credit, I think Kessler uh, – I, I, on the show I messed up calling yep. Kessler Edwards Walker Kessler about 12 oh, times. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Kessler Edwards in Mike Brown's defense played really, really well. I really like well, he didn't, you know, set the world on fire, but I really liked the minutes that he gave. And, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, Mezzi and TD need to come off the bench and bring that kind of energy. I think that's what I liked most about Kessler was, you know, mm-hmm. he came in and you instantly felt that defensive impact. They put him right on Anthony Edwards right when he came out. And if I remember correctly, the first shot, first possession that, that Kessler's on him, Anthony Edwards takes like a fall away mid range jump shot. And like, I really think that, you know, Kessler's length and, and just speed really affected Anthony Edwards. And, um, you know, it, that's kind of also part of Keegan's, you know, he's still a rookie and Mike still yeah. has to find time to kind of give him those teaching lessons of like, you know, Hey, you're not playing well. I'm not just going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Like you, I need you to play well, especially down the stretch of these, you know, playing against the better teams in this league. You're going to have to play well if you want to play at the end of games. Yeah. I, I'm not someone that usually um, criticizes a lot of the coaching. I think a lot of the play has to do with, you know, like, well then do better out there, you know, or, or however you want to put, I'm very hard on the players when it comes to that. But when you are given situations where you are giving a certain amount of time and you're used to even more, for example, Keegan Murray, like he's used to that longer leash, being able to get a different in another opportunity to play through whatever, you know, Mike Brown didn't like that he was seeing from him. And he wasn't getting those opportunities, that longer leash. And sometimes that can change the flow of your game. Um, And then you talk about Kessler Edwards, not Walker Kessler. And, I loved the impact that he made when he came in defensively. I just think with his length alone and the way that he was disrupting Ant, I think some people are getting a little um, too excited and going, here's the Anthony Edwards stopper, you know, and it's like, whoa, 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 no, no. Like he came in, had some good defensive moments. That's what you want to see from a young, long dude. You want to see someone come in and make life more challenging. Yeah. I'm cool with him getting some minutes for sure. I think that, the challenge is, okay, you want them to have minutes. Who's not playing? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's tough that you're playing this late in the year and you're just – it kind of reminded me of that first game against Memphis this year in Sacramento where the defense is struggling and all of a sudden Mike Brown's like, all right, let's bring in Chima Moneki and mm-hmm. bring in – and you're like, whoa, right. okay, all these guys are kind of getting run. We saw P.J. Dozier. We saw Kessler Edwards. I think if you're playing Kessler, so, okay, does that mean TD's not in the rotation now? And I'm cool with Kessler getting some minutes. Let's see what he can do. If that's what you're concerned about, the defense, and do it. And I also think now you're, you're kind of in a position where this is what you should do tonight is you should put Kessler Edwards in there because he earned it. He came in. You asked him to come out there and make life more challenging, play some good defense. He can knock down a three if he's open. Put him back out there. So, like, if he doesn't play tonight, like, what kind of message are you sending, you know? Well, I think if, let's be honest, Chris, Mike Brown has a lot of mixed messages that we, as people who watch from the outside, um, may view as mixed messages, but maybe they just have some sort of understanding, respect, trust, communication on the inside that 
you know, we don't get to see all the time. Right. So, like, when guys are not playing the next game, why do you think Rashawn Holmes has been able to buy in for yeah. so long? You know, so who knows where Mike Brown will go with his rotations tonight. It but might be good tonight to see him, though, against Brandon Ingram. I would love that. Right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you have Brandon Ingram tonight. You have, you know, the Knicks don't really present too many wing options. It's kind of just RJ and Obi Toppin. But then Saturday you have KD and you got Booker. Mm. Uh, and then on Monday, you know, you probably don't want to put him on Giannis. But, like, could he take Middleton or someone like that maybe and slow him down? That's kind of like – that's the role where I see, you know, Kessler kind of uh-huh. getting his minutes is just like – like, I said this a lot on my show, but like typically Harrison is the one that the Kings use to stick on those kind of guys. And I think at points that's been reason why Harrison has kind of been inconsistent on the offensive end. If you have to guard Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant and all these guys, you're putting a lot of effort on that defensive Mm -hmm. end and also just kind of to have them have a 28 point game. Um, So if you can, you know, throw Kessler out there for 10 minutes and, you know, give HB and other guys a relief. I mean, De'Aaron Fox was guarding Paul George in those Clipper games. So if you can save those guys' legs for, for offense, to me, that's, that's where Kessler can, can really earn his key. Well, Kings take on the Pelicans tonight. They're going to be really shorthanded. We'll talk about that. Plus an update on De'Aaron Fox. And Chris just had to bring up the schedule after the Pelicans. Cool, Chris. We, he dropped the, the, the Nick Suns bucks on me, and I just kind of kind of had hurt? me stammering. I was like, all right, coming up next, we'll, we'll talk more about that. It was a wild weekend in the NBA. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. We have an update. Aaron Fox questionable for tonight. Was he at shoot around? Our Kings insider Frankie Cardicelli says yes. He was on the floor for today's pregame shoot around. Uh, He's dealing with some hamstring soreness. So we'll see if he ends up giving it a go. Frankie, of course, covering the Kings. You can read his game preview. Sacktownsports.com. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, alongside Chris Watkins, who debuted his new show today. Chris and Co. Chris and Co. It's. Do you want me to? Do you want yes. me to make up a jingle yes. for you? Yes. Yeah. How would it go? Well, I don't have anything yet. I'll give you one option. Okay. We can go with like the the happy go lucky. Like it's Chris and Co. We don't like anything but Chris and Co. It's the best damn show. It's Chris and Co. I liked how it finished. We'll workshop it. Yeah, you didn't look happy <laughs> at all. I like, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, he didn't even look up. He was no, just like, no, she almost no, I, like, really didn't oh, even well, to be fair, yeah. he's looking at you guys through his computer. So, yes. Oh, good point. Good point. Okay, fair. <laughs> but, again, we'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. I, I like the end. I like the pizzazz, but, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The God, do you want me to stand up and dance, yes. too? Dance, I monkey, mean, dance. Yes, please. <laughs> Um, Mike uh, Brown had some comments about the defense after the game. Uh, is this concerning to you? Here's what Mike Brown had to say after the win, or after the loss, rather, uh, to the T Wolves. I know I don't want to go into the playoffs playing the way we are defensively, and so it's my job to keep trying to find different combinations uh, that can help us get stops. And and so it wasn't planned going in. Uh, it just happened because they were just scoring so, so easy. Uh, you know, in, in, in even in a pick-and-roll situation, it, it, you know, our coverage is right. 
but there's no ball pressure. We don't get back in front of the ball to stop it. We just stay on the guy's hip and let him drive down the floor. And then they skip it with, with, with ease, you know, because there's no ball pressure, because there's no high hands, and we can't get the shooters if they're able to play as comfortable as they played tonight. Yeah. They were really comfortable, but he's saying, we can't keep playing defense like this. He's searching for a group. Oh, man, it's game 64, 65 of the season. That's probably not the best sign, but I get it. He's got expectations, and it's such a fragile point for the Kings because if they want to have the success that Mike Brown wants them to have, right? There's so much big picture-wise where he's like, yeah, getting the playoffs is fine, but they want to have an impact there. They're just going to have to be better defensively, and it would be wild that this late in the year, uh, Kessler Edwards, who has not really been on this team, who hasn't really played big minutes except for last game, could be a part of the rotation. But, hey, it, it, I'm cool. I want to see some answers, too, because you don't want to be in a situation where you're in the playoffs and going, oh, I'm searching now. Where's Kessler Edwards? Can he do something? I'd rather search now than in the postseason. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there, too, Deuce. I just think uh, you got to make sure that you're trying to figure out what your identity of your rotations are going to be before you go into the postseason and not just reach and randomly have like, okay, we got to randomly go with a TD night here. Or, oh, wait, Rashawn Holmes for this matchup. It's, it's doesn't, it needs to be um, tighter. It needs to be sharper in the postseason. And I don't know. I, I have faith in Mike Brown doing the right thing. I mean, he's been, you know, not only around championship teams, yeah, he's yeah. won some big games in postseasons. I have a lot of faith in him. Chris Watkins. Yes, sir. Trey Lyle, small ball five. I like him there. We saw yes. it the last time against Minnesota. Then they did it again in the second half of Saturday night's game against Minnesota. I think that maybe they should do it more often. How do you feel about Trey Lyle's small ball five? I really love Trey Lyle's at the small ball five. I think he provides exactly like he's he's really a prototypical small ball five when you think about it. He's he's got the shooting ability. He's one hell of a rebounder. I mean, that was something that uh, has really jumped out to me so far this season is just like his overall tenacity to get rebounds. Like uh, sometimes he just skies for those things. So I think. He's fine in that capacity. I think the the only area where you really have concern is if you're going against like a, a real plotting big man. You know, if Trey yes. Lyles has to go against, you know, extended minutes against Rudy Gobert or even, you know, the Clippers. If he has to go against Mason Plumlee for 15 to 20 minutes, um, some of those bigger bodied centers, I don't know if defensively he's necessarily the perfect fit, but I think what Mike Brown likes most about when Trey is at the five is it creates so much spacing. Uh, it pulls go, you know, if they are playing a team like Minnesota, it pulls Gobert out from the paint and it allows not only Trey to be on the perimeter, but it also clears up the lane for De'Aaron to attack or um, really anybody to attack. It just really opens up the offense. And it's kind of like uh, me and Brendan Nunes would talk about it a lot in earlier in the season of, do you kind of lean into what you're good at or do you, try and patch the holes that you have. And I think Trey Lyles at the five is just fully leaning into like, we are going to beat you with our offense and like what Trey is going to provide in these 10 minutes is hopefully what separates us in the rest of the game. And Morgan, I think in the playoffs, you see teams go smaller. Hell, mm -hmm. watching that Clippers game last oh, night, right? right? Yeah. Where the Clippers allowed <laughs> 51 points in the third quarter to a Memphis team that was shorthanded. They got back in that game. Mm -hmm. Well, because they have Kawhi, mm -hmm. but they went small. They took Plumlee out. They're like, we can't have Plumlee in. Yeah. 
And for Sacramento, there could be times in the playoffs where they go, Sabonis is in foul trouble. Forget trying to match up with size. Let's bring out someone like yes. Miles who can get a rebound, as mm-hmm. Chris mentioned, who can knock down a three, who could drive. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to get more run there. Trey Lyles makes your situation of trying to go small ball much easier, right? Because he's not only capable of doing all those things you guys just talked about, but he's super strong, too. He knows right. how to hold his own, hold his ground against someone that almost as strong as Deuce Mason Thank as you. stares <laughs> at his own bicep for some reason. And Chris Watkins, yes, you're both so strong. Um <laughs> I love that I'm just complimenting you, you guys. But seriously, with Trey Lyles, I, I do I could imagine a postseason matchup where they do and can go that direction and it really screws with the opponent. Look at last season, you guys. Last season in the postseason when it came to the Memphis Grizzlies. Steven Adams starting all season long and then they completely just take him out of it and go, hey, you're not going to be a part of this in this postseason. And now, will they find ways to work him back in there depending on where they're at um, in this playoff series or in this postseason? Sure. But either way, like teams can throw that small ball and really screw with some other teams. One other note that we should mention, because we talked a lot about the defense, which we know is an issue, okay? But, like, I think in today's league, more than ever, you got to be able to score. Yes. Last Yesterday was a – it made NBA history. It was the first time in NBA history where you had 18 players score 30 or more on the same day. Chris, is 30 the new 20? It is 100%. Yeah, 100%. The new I asked Chris. 100%. Yes, 30 is one. <laughs> I mean, what is I think there's six players right now averaging 30 on the season, which is it, like it, that's unheralded. Right. And that's what I'm saying like as as we like to like, oh man, the Kings defense has to get it does. It needs to get a it doesn't have to be drastically better, right? But it needs to be better. The offense is killing it. 134 points. Let's also note that Minnesota is a top 10 defensive yes. team in the league. Mm-hmm. So the Kings being able to score on a, 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 a defense that's switchable, that gets after it, who's got rim protection, Ant can defend, uh, McDaniels can defend. The Kings have scored 130 or more 17 times this season. That's the most by any team since the 1988-89 season. Shout out to Wilsey for that stat. That's incredible. It's absurd. And it is absolutely insane. And like, I mean, that's, that's where, you know, that's where that Malik Monk sentence comes in where it's like, they have to play us too. And that's what we do well. So yeah, you can come in with what you think you're going to do well and you're going to try and stop. What you have to do when you play us is you have to make sure that you're going to be ready Mm -hmm. to score as well. Because I mean, how many times they have so many different options. What is seven different guys this season who have scored over 30 points in a game there's different guys that this team can go to if Malik doesn't have it on a given night. Well, maybe Terrence Davis does. Maybe Trey Lyles has a given night. There's just so many different options for this team to go to that, you know, yeah, I, you, you mentioned it up top. We're talking about the Kings defense. They're five and one since, mm-hmm. since the, since the, uh, since the all-star break, it's the, it's just, their offense is just straight up masked. They're real, very real defensive uh, inefficiencies. Uh, we'll have more on the Kings coming up. We got to look closer at Kings Pelicans tonight. Uh, we I want to get Chris's perspective too on the John Moran stuff. Oh. I know we're going to dive deeper into that. Today, I want but his this perspective. Is just wild. Yeah. We'll do that. It's Deuce and Mo alongside Chris Watkins on Sackdown Sports.
live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan, alongside Chris Watkins, who debuted his new show today, Chris and Co. That's going to be Monday through Friday starting at 10 a.m. And you can listen to it, of course, uh, on the Sacktown Sports app or at SacktownSports.com. You can also watch it on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where all of the shows are live from 6A to 6P. You can interact. Just a fun experience. So uh, join us there, too. The uh, Kings and Pelicans tonight. Yeah. The Pelicans are really shorthanded. I was checking out Frankie Cardicelli's preview, SacktownSports.com. Check it out to read about tonight's game. But uh, major injury concerns for the Pelicans tonight. I think, of course, Zion's out. No Alvarado. No Josh Richardson. And Jonas Valanciunas is questionable. For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox is questionable tonight. But he was at shoot-around, according to Frankie. So we'll see what that looks like. Nonetheless, I, I, the Kings need to get this win tonight, especially with what lies ahead. Um, Morgan, start with you. Kings-Pelicans tonight. Um. How do you feel about taking on a Pelicans team that... They played shorthanded just a couple weeks back and lost by 30-plus. Yeah, uh, so this team, again, I think sometimes when we look at rosters and we go, oh, shorthanded, all right, Kings got to take care of business. It doesn't mean that the other guys that are playing out there still know how to play basketball. I mean, you can go to BI, you can go to CJ, but on top of that, as a team, what they've been doing defensively this year, they average 8.6 steals per game. Oh, man, um, the T-Wolves are a good steals team, too. Right, so it, it's, it's going to look like a little bit like what we saw against the T-Wolves because the Pelicans – not the best three-point shooting team in the world like the T-Wolves, but they can get things going too, and they really get a lot of their offense going off of steals, off of what they do complete on the defensive end. So even with some of those guys out, like when you, that is your identity as a team, you can usually find a way to accomplish that still. We should also note that the last time the Kings did play the Pelicans, they were shorthanded, but the Kings were too. De'Aaron Fox did not play in that game. So hopefully Fox can go tonight. Uh, Chris... It, to me, when I look at this Pelicans team, they're still dangerous weapons. And they've yes. been in kind of a funk. They've lost 16 of their last 21. Mm, sure. They've really not found a rhythm, especially with Zion out. But like someone like Trey Murphy, he's long and hits the three. He really hurt the Kings last game. Yeah. Ernie Gomez had a big game. You know what CJ can do? You add B.I. to the mix. It's still a really dangerous team. But for the Kings, like you got you to gotta almost send a message tonight, especially yeah. after your coach is calling guys out defense last game yeah you definitely have to look at this game and especially look ahead at the games coming up and you have to realize the importance of this game and and really take it to them I mean yeah from from the jump you definitely want to see a defensive effort a better defensive effort than the last time these two teams played when the Pelicans pretty much ran the Kings off the court from from jump street um, you mentioned the fact that these guys you know that they've kind of been inconsistent in, in finding rotation guys I just looked it up how many games do you think Zion, Brandon Ingram, and C.J. McCollum have played together oh my God. this year? Maybe five? It's ten. Somehow it's oh, ten. Wow. I thought even ten was a lot. I definitely would have guessed under ten for sure. But yeah. the fact that they have played ten games this year with their three guys, um, they've been playing, you know, they've they've kind of been playing this mismatch game all season where they kind of don't know if CJ is going to be out for an extended period of time. Brandon Ingram, Zion's obviously missed so much time. So these guys have had kind of experience with with playing with a hodgepodge of guys and um you know yeah they they 
definitely have talent on this team that the Kings should definitely be concerned about. Yeah, the length bugs you, right? We didn't mention Herb Jones, what he can do defensively, and it's a team that's been in a funk, so you're like, okay, you don't want Mm -hmm. them to get out of the funk against you, and that's why it's going to take a a lot. they got to be locked in tonight defensively. You can't be allowing open threes to this team. you got to... If I see so many corner threes again, I'm going down to the court and I am puking on it like the puke guy did against the Jazz. Okay, so no, no puking on the floor. One because that's just like bad omen crap. Corner threes, like I understand you don't want to give up twos, but those corner threes, they're they're killer. They're killer. But you guys, here's the thing too: they don't have to worry about Valanciunas, right? Like, well, they didn't have to worry. He's questionable. He's questionable. And, And honestly, I don't think he didn't play last game. And Hernan Gomez killed him. Hernan Gomez had, like, the game of his life against the Kings last time out. My point is, I feel like Rudy Gobert is still a little bit more of a threat when you think about their rotations last game. And they're going to make the correct adjustments from their mistakes last game to make sure that those corner threes, those open threes, are not the thing that kills them going forward. Hopefully. Hopefully, because I mean, I mean, there's been a couple of games where they they have allowed a lot of corner threes, and I say this, I'm like, they they should realize that this has become a problem, and then lo and behold, like you know, they'll they'll still allow them, but um, yeah, like I I definitely think defensively tonight is is going to be what most people are going to be looking out for because yeah, I mean th- this is this is a game that the Kings really you mentioned Deuce like it's not a must win, but if you know if you lose this you're putting yourself in a tough situation where you're going to have to beat even tougher teams at, probably at full strength. We should note the team that is right ahead of the Kings is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Kings are just a game back in Memphis, and we don't know when John Morant is coming back. Sound like a couple of games, but Taylor Jenkins said there's no timetable on his return. He's away from the team to deal with some stuff, especially after what happened on IG Live. Or after the Nuggets game in Denver, He's on IG Live flashing a gun, and now he's away from the team. This has been a really, really bad year for John Morant, especially off the court with the accusations of like apparently punching a 17-year-old during a pickup game, uh, an altercation with mall security, mm-hmm. uh, the Pacers thing that went down, yep. and now this. Dude, like I, it, I just hope this is like the wake-up call for him yeah. because he is so talented. He's yeah, one of those guys that could be a face of he's a face of a franchise okay. now, but potentially of the league. And he's he's messing up, man. Yeah. And Chris, too, of I mean, you say of the league and everything you think about his Nike shoe deal, right? Like right. you think about Just came out. all these things that are happening for him and he can slowly throw it away and or go in the other direction, other direction. Yeah. What did you make of uh John Morant's stuff going on over the weekend. I mean, first off, it's it's just it was terrible to see. It's just like why yeah. it, it could not have been at a, a worse time with with uh, everything kind of you know you mentioned all the incidents that have risen up and then you know the, we just learned more details about uh, that that alleged seventeen uh, year old situation. Um, it's it's just a bad situation all the way around, and it is on one hand good that he's so young because he does have still so much time to recover and learn from this and really make this a teachable moment because I mean how great would it be if you know 10 years from now we're talking about how Jaws you know an 
you know, an advocate for gun violence or, you know, for gun violence, for uh, gun safety, for, yeah. you know, just just <laughs> turning around your lives. Wow. That that would, or what if that yeah. happens? Um, if he's advocating for yeah, gun what violence, if he's just, then he might you know, not be in the league. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but no, I, I think it would be a great situation if he can turn this around, obviously. And, you know, it, it there's I, I don't personally know job, but a bunch of people have. Uh, have sworn that he's not really from this kind of lifestyle. So hopefully, you know, he can actually get in touch with, uh, you know, people from his community and and learn how to, you know, to, I think a lot of this is just, it's unfortunate, but it's a very real thing. I think he's just trying to seem like he's, he's real, you know, he's, he's a millionaire. And so he's still got to prove his gangster for whatever reason. And, that's that's an unfortunate decision to make because everyone who is trying to prove their gangster who's actually not in a situation like Jaws is trying to be in a situation like Jaws. So that's really like where the unfortunate part comes. But you just like to hope that he learns from this very dumb mistake. And, you know, it, it's very easily fixable. And it's a good thing that nobody has gotten seriously injured. You know, obviously the 17-year-old was uh, aside, but... Uh, it, it's a good thing that he can learn this lesson and not have some real, you know, real life consequences behind it, because we've we've also seen that, you know, like this is hopefully not a you know, it's not quite to the level of like the Gilbert Arena situation. But that's probably like the closest thing that we've seen in this league recently is where, you know, Gilbert brings a gun into the locker room. Uh, the NBA generally kind of, you know, some of their, you know, especially their high, high profile guys tend to keep themselves out of trouble. Well, Chris, thanks for hanging out with us. Um, and again, congratulations on the new show, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Pacific time right here on Sacktown Sports. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, man. Yes. In person. We're gonna, in person, man. Thanks. We'll wow. We can actually celebrate. Thanks. Yeah. 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 In person. All right. In all appreciate it, man. Hopefully the dog is okay. Thank Aww, you. Thank you. Thanks. And coming up next, we're not going anywhere. Swish Cultures. Jordan Richard going to be joining us live. Expected to join us live. Talk some hoops with him. It's Deuce and Mo. Live until 2 p.m. on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Morgan Reagan scheduled to chat with a guy we really like, Jordan Richard from Swish Culture, is coming up. Chris, you'll oh, he's already here. Yeah, we're yeah, here go. on time. Oh. oh, you are the best. We'll we'll get the screen figured out in a second. I think uh, the guys at the studio are going to fix that. But uh, Jordan Richard from Swish Cultures is one of our favorite content creators out there, man. I, you know how we feel about your work. You and you are crazy grinding, man. Yeah. You're at games crazy all the time, grind. doing like pregame stuff, postgame stuff, turning around videos. How's everything going, man? Man, it's going really well. I should ask y'all that question because the last time we talked, the whole culture of Sacramento has changed. Look at you guys. I'm in the backstage of the studio waiting to be brought in. Big time. You guys are killing it up there. Dude, you, you're killing it. Well, I appreciate you taking some time because I know you're super busy. Um, dude, let's start with the Kings, man. You watch hoops. You see teams all over. Um, I'm curious your perspective. Have you been surprised by what Sacramento has been able to do this year? Man, I've been surprised by everything. The presentation, you guys are lighting the beam now. Y'all didn't have a beam the last time we had a conversation. No, we did um, not. (laughs) Yeah, like, I just, man, the Mike Brown fit with the team has been amazing. The spacing, 
you know, I witnessed the uh, second highest scoring game ever. I was at that game. Um, Malik Monk's confidence. You got Red Velvet now. He's averaging 22 points in the last three games. Uh, Sabonis, all-star. Fox, all-star. If we had this conversation last year, like, you know, just having two all-stars, probably a lot of Kings fans would have probably said no, you know, and now look at the whole culture. I like it. I really like it. I like what's going on over there for sure. That's what's, it is wild, Jordan, that like we haven't, talk to you since then we saw you at summer league for a brief That's right and i remember yeah. you and i were waiting for i think it was keegan murray was going to do a post game mm-hmm. scrum and you looked at me and you're like you, i forget exactly what you said but you're like man he's like the real deal and i'm like mm-hmm. i know um i want to ask you more about the kings as a whole but really quick too because we're talking about that what do you make of keegan murray's season especially with some slumps some up and downs but finding a way to be a smooth NBA ready player his rookie year man honestly I like Keegan I mean I think he's shown a lot you know what he can do in the summer league I know now that the roles have kind of changed for him a little bit I think he could play a little bit more off the bounce than he showcased during the season we saw a lot of that during the summer league yeah more freedom um but you know I think what is he shooting from three right now it's like high 30s I believe you guys have a lot of players shooting in the high 30s yeah and um you know I think that you know it's going to start clicking for him I know it's been up and downs that's how the rookie season goes but I mean when you're number three in the west that's what happens to a lot of rookies you know when you guys are really competitive in situations so you know I see big things from shoot the way he's playing is helping his brother in Iowa now teams want to draft his brother you know his twin so I mean it got to be going well I mean when you're shooting high 30s as a rookie too I mean from three those are some positive signs and you know if if you're a Kings fan and you didn't watch the the uh, summer league games, make sure you go watch because he has some stuff off the bounce that he offers too. Mm. Yeah, yeah. The shooting, by the way, this year for Keegan, right he's, he's right now forty one percent from three. You know, oh and my he's gosh. he's he on pace. Exceeded my expectations. I <laughs> yeah. thought he was high thirties, forty from three. Yeah, as a he's, rookie, and he's on pace to break the rookie record for most threes in a season too. So his spacing, and you're right. I feel like he has a lot more he can offer. He, we've been seeing more doses of that later in the season with the Kings. And I just think for him, he's such a team guy. I think sometimes he's got to be a little more selfish, like Mm. do something with the ball. Don't always look to pass right when you get the rock. Mm. Now, yeah, now you're telling the truth. Um, And then I know the KZ thing, you know, at one point was like a situation, you know, figuring out if I'm the starter or not. You know, I know that was a question I was probably asked a lot in the early goings of training camp. And, um, yeah, just like you said, just, you know, I mean, I think he has the confidence, but I do want to see more off the bounce because he got that for sure. We saw a lot of that in summer league, and those are some things I was really surprised by. I didn't really know, you know, how much a bag uh, that he had. So it's good to see. You mentioned being at that double overtime game in in L.A. between the Clippers and Kings. You've seen a lot of basketball in your time. Of course, people should know you played pro ball too. Yeah, but – and now you're in the content game and your content's yep. amazing. But when, when you're when you're seeing that type of offense, like what, what was going through your mom watching that game? Man, I couldn't believe it. And then, you know, Malik Buck was on the Lakers. And I was like, in my mind, I was thinking like, man, Lakers should probably have re-signed that guy because I saw him <laughs> drop 45 in that game. But it was crazy because from the start, Kawhi probably had only missed four shots. He ended up missing six in that whole game. And then, you know, De'Aaron Fox, oh, man, like, what he's been able to do in the mid-range, mm-hmm. like, we know, we talk about the speed, we talk about all those things, but 
like how his game has evolved. I was thinking about that. And then, you know, Malik Monk, I mean, 45 in that game. I think he got, I think one of my, the plays that sticks to my mind right now, transition, gets the steal, jumps on two feet, and then gets the dunk. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, nah, that was a crazy game. Russ's first game, too, as well. And, yeah, man, the Clippers have not been able to beat you guys two yeah. times at the end of games. Crazy. Well- well, which is wild because, you know, you think about what the Kings aren't doing on the defensive end, right? And you look at this Western Conference, Jordan, um, whenever we talk about playoffs, which is obviously most likely going to happen. I just I, I hate, love that you hesitate on it because you don't you don't want to like, jinx it. I don't want to jinx it, even though it's like it's like factual, but it's like yeah. I'm not going there. Just like as a it's the weird fan in me that's like, no, 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 I can't I can't do that. So um if the Kings make the playoffs, um, do you think that they will be an actual threat in the playoffs? Well, when they make the playoffs, they're definitely <laughs> gonna be a threat. I think y'all can go ahead and safely say that you guys are I know you guys have a lot of high-scoring games because I saw, like, the Minnesota game was a high-scoring game, too. Um, but, I, I mean, the Sabonis factor, and then you guys have – when you have shooting as premium as you guys do, you know, and then you have situations where Monk can get hot. We see Red Velvet, you know, Kevin Horter, when he gets hot, it can get going. Shoot, when Keegan gets hot, it can get going. We don't need to ask about De'Aaron and, and Sabonis because they've been hot all season. Um I think there shouldn't be nothing to worry about. I think you guys are a team that, you know, can make some noise in there and a team that's going to be tough with the spacing you guys have. So, and not to mention Sabonis. I mean, Steven Adams has said it himself. He's one of the strongest men in the NBA. You can ask around the NBA. They talk about him being one of the strongest. So, yeah, it's going to be tough. You mentioned Fox and what he's done at the mid-range, it just seems like he is more comfortable than ever in all aspects of the game. And, mm-hmm. you know, it takes time. We always want these guys to come in right away, especially when they're, you know, top five pick and be like, oh, you got to be good. Year two, year three. Well, it's year mm-hmm. six for Fox. And it's just like, he's just taken such a serious jump with his game. The late game stuff has been tremendous. What has jumped out to you in, in his evolution as a player? I'm shooting a three ball. And being able to shoot in the mid-range. I mean, the, for the longest time, we heard about, oh, he can't shoot. He can't shoot, you know. And we always talk about his speed and his athleticism. But, you know, Fox has kind of slowed the game down for himself. You know, he's getting to his spots, using moves to get to it, like, you know, an elbow jumper. Like, that's some of the things that I've been noticing about him is that, you know, we probably don't talk about it enough, but his mid-range and his three-point shooting. I mean, I haven't really heard someone really complain about it as much as they used to in his early years. You could tell that's something that he's really worked on. So I think those things have been a good thing. But I have a question for y'all about that. Last year, if I talked to a Kings fan about the Tyrese Halliburton trade, that would sting. How is the thought process now? Because in the last, you know, you guys are third. Mm -hmm. Are people still talking about that trade still to this day? And how is things? Are they more so like, we got a good team now. Sabonis is an all-star. You know, he's doing his thing. Jordan, you know how it works in sports. <laughs> Winning can heal almost anything. And I yeah. think the only thing for – because I'll be honest with you, I think Sacramento has a really smart basketball fan base because I think uh, – and, and some more emotional than others. Mm-hmm. But I think when some of the smart – fans come through and what they really talk about is like, look, I really like the way that this looks right now, but I still have to wait years down the line. Like what if Tyrese becomes this, 
you know, generational player, what, whatever yeah. it is. And so right now you can say both teams won this trade and both teams got better from this trade. Um, and to me, that's all that matters because the Kings needed this moment. They needed this type of thing to happen after a big trade, even if it meant sacrificing someone like Tyrese Halliburton. So I think a lot of people are happy because the winning, but man, if they go back to losing, it's going to go back to that Tyrese Halliburton trade. Yeah. I mean, I would say this too, Jordan. Like I think the initial outrage of the trade was just outrageous. I mean, like, I feel like people around the league, even people who cover the league, totally diminished what Sabonis can do as a player. And I don't know if it's because he was in Indiana and people aren't paying attention to the the, the Pacers and what he has done. I mean, he's made the All-Star team before twice. And then in addition to that, I think it was, oh, what is Sacramento Mm -hmm. doing? The Kings. It's Kings. You know, they've had this reputation. So it was kind of the perfect storm. I, I do agree. Like, look, if Tyrese turns into like some Hall of Fame player, it's going to sting down the road for sure. But the Kings, you th- their culture shifted. They t- they took Tyrese Halliburton, who is I love the guy. I love his love. game. He's an All Star, and they have two All Stars now. It it got the most out of Fox. Sabonis playing at the five, orchestrating the offense has been tremendous. But to me, it's more about what you led with when you joined us. The culture, they've got a culture now. Mike Brown, when he got hired, was talking about yeah, every organization needs to have a soul. Well, it seems like the Kings actually have a soul now. They have a style of play. They have multiple guys who can score. They play a fun brand of basketball, and they just like the ball. Like Fox likes basketball. Sabonis, so he likes basketball. So there's a connection there. They all work hard. I, hey, trades are not easy to make, especially one like that. I think overall the Kings have to be beyond pleased with, with what it's looked like so far. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. I agree. Um, were you guys nervous about the Mike Brown too as well? Like, I remember there's a clip that kind of went viral where you got, they were uh, shooting a free throw. This is what, this is a drill we used to do when we were little. Yeah. And then like it, on the miss, everyone was running. Yes. And like, I remember that drill went kind of viral. They were like, oh man, like, is everyone going to buy in? Do you have the guys to buy in? But hey, everyone's believing in that culture over there. So how have you seen the shift from when you guys got Mike Brown to now? Oh, man. oh, I mean, Jordan, it do- it doesn't only start on the floor. It mm. truly is the entire organization has bought into Mike Brown as a a new way to to build a culture and a soul for this team. I mean, he's bringing in security guards, PR staff, and every- like when it's their birthdays and people are singing to them after you know right after practices. It's all of those things combined. Sure, can add, but I also believe what you just mentioned because I have said this for years and I'll never forget when George Carl was coaching the Sacramento Kings we were in San Diego it was a training camp and I asked him something about like why don't you you know make guys run like use running as a discipline or whatever and he's like huh like that's it that's like for college days like you don't do that to pros and all I'm thinking is like no one's buying in bro and then you look at Mike Brown and he he not only implements that type of discipline, like, hey, you got to sprint if you're not going to do something right, but people buy into him because they respect one another, they trust one another, and it has made the biggest difference on the court. Well, I think the other thing is, too, is like when your best players are coachable, your best players want it, it makes it easier for everyone else to buy in. And I also think Mike brings that accountability 
But he also is not just like a hard ass. Like, I think the Golden State time helped him so much where he went, oh, wait, we can we can still like have fun. Basketball is still a fun game. We can blast music while we're practicing. We can have fun, be a family, while also having structure mm-hmm. and accountability. It's been the perfect blend so far, man. It really has. And I think the other thing I want to ask you about as someone who played, like we talk about practicing and load management has been a big topic. You know, Paul George said something the other day on JJ Reddick's podcast saying, like, I think practicing it hard and playing more minutes actually helped when it came to playoff times. It helped. And you see more and more teams kind of shine away from that. The Kings practice a lot. Their guys are playing minutes. seems like in the fourth quarter of games, it really helps them, too, from a stamina standpoint. Uh, do you think that, like, load management, we should kind of relook at this type of stuff and go back to practicing kind of more and... and Make it more challenging, more minutes. How, how do you feel about that? Man, it's tough because I am I'm a practice person. Um, mm. but at the same time, man, what practicing does come out injuries too when you yeah. practice like that. And that's just the balance that that you know kind of sucks about it. Like in overseas, that's why you see Sabonis miss the Iron Man play through any injury, but you practice two times a day, um, full tape. There's been times like the day before a game, we'll go tape practice. And I was, man, I used to be exhausted, but it used to help us. Um, but at the same time, you got a lot of fans that want to come see, you know, their favorite players. So if they get hurt, then what? Then it's like, yo, I mean, why are we practicing? He got hurt in practice, you know, and then that's the issue. So the NBA is, you know, trying to figure out a good balance in terms of that. So that's what's kind of tough in those regards. Like, do you practice, especially in the Clippers case, someone will get hurt in practice for them fans are going to be mad they're tired yeah. of that you know so that's just the only thing that comes with it that's kind of bad because i feel like some of my injuries may have come in practice and not even in the mm. games when i practice that amount do you uh, you know and this is this is tough too because i feel like there's certain guys in this league and i would say for all athletes mm. that uh are not able to take a hit or play through a certain type of injury. And I, in, I think so many weird uh, sports talk wants to go to like being masculine, being able to fight through it, you know, and like, <laughs> uh, you gotta, you gotta be able to fight through a broken bone or whatever. And I'm not saying that I'm just saying, I think there are certain levels of where we're not seeing people fight through a tweak or something that may not that that may not actually alter their game and i don't know if we're going to see a shift in this the more and more we talk about rest and guys needing rest do you think it's something that we do need to look at and not to say that guys need to toughen up i just think it's something that like when you look at all of these training staffs maybe we're looking too much into every single injury or is that just what we're going to do nowadays i think it's going to be something that we're going to do nowadays but it's kind of funny that you brought this up because like three weeks ago, I'm trying to remember who I had this conversation with, but they were like, you need to look and see like the longevity of players more so. More players now are playing a lot longer than they would back in the day. And then it made me think about it because at first I was like, man, yeah, you're right. You know, there's that fan that comes to a game. They have a risk of, you know, not seeing their favorite player. But then they brought that up because I was talking about John Stockton and how he's been able to, he played all those years, and I didn't feel like someone's going to catch the assist record. He only missed like a total of what, probably less than ten games in his career, which oh. is absolutely crazy. But then they had brought up, you know, how players, you know, 
the longevity of their careers wasn't as long. And, you know, now that I think about it, we see, you know, Braun, year 20, um, you know, a lot more guys playing 10 plus. I mean, a guy like Todd Gibson, who we probably don't ever <laughs> even bring up. Shoot. He's played easily, like 14 years, 10 plus years, like Man. still going. You see a lot more of that. So that's kind of like a study that I would need to get into more of like how players longevity in their careers are going compared to how it was back in the day. Yeah. Because I can't imagine like, you know not seeing Luca play all the way until he's what 37. I hope we get to see KD play that long. It looks like he'll play that long too as well. So, you know, yeah, Luca better get in some better shape. Yeah. Man. If he I wants just... to stay healthy and not man. get hey, he's averaging 30 plus. Hey, is the 30, the new 40. I mean, is it 40, yeah. the new 30 is 40, the new 30. Oh, now? Damn, that's actually a good point. I mean, yesterday they had 18 guys in the NBA score 30 or more. That's the first time it's ever happened in the league. Like the scoring is just, it's, it's outrageous. Hey, well, speaking of that, like I was watching Suns Mavs yesterday, and you know KD's there now, and it just looks so disgusting. Like their their potential <laughs> is nasty. Uh, who do you like coming out of the West? Is it for you like Suns Nuggets? Do you kind of dismiss the Grizzlies? Are the Warriors a threat? Who, who are you liking in the West? This is the toughest question in basketball right yeah. now because you cannot count out the Warriors. Number one, they've not had Andrew Wiggins there for like over a couple of months. Yeah. And we, I think people have lost that they don't have Wiggins. You know, I know we bring up Steph, but when they get Wiggins back, that's going to be a, a team that's going to be tough to beat. Um, and yeah, the Phoenix factor and Zion, Zionless uh, Pelicans. That's going to be a team that's going to be tough too as well if Zion can get healthy. But back to Phoenix. I mean, I was watching that game yesterday. We don't talk about Kevin Durant defensively either. I mean, thank you, thank you. Deuce said, said this the other day yeah, to me. Deuce, yeah, Deuce, you watching? I see like <laughs> what he brings to that team defensively is a one. I know we talk offensively a lot, but what he brings on that end, and then you cannot double now off of Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and you see Devin's Booker's numbers increases. Assist numbers have been, you know, crazy. Ten yeah. assists last game, seven assists before. Man, that team is going to be tough. And then the Aiden factor. And then the Nuggets, always a tough team. Clippers, Lakers, they they struggle with that team too. It's, man, whoever gets out of that team, I mean, out of that, the Western Conference is going to be pretty beat up. You're going to be exhausted. You didn't mention the Grizzlies, huh? I like the Grizzlies, but, man, it's tough when you got Phoenix, Clippers, you know, know. all those guys, Warriors, like. You know, they and and credit to Grizzlies because they tried to make a run and you know in the trade deadline. I think they just need one more one more piece, but I still like the young talent. They got a lot of young talent with Bain. They got a steal in Bain. Um, you know, Triple J's killing, you know, Ja. But, you know, I just they got to get one more, one more, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's been a weird year for them, man. And, you know, hopefully Ja can get back soon for them and, and be in a better spot because like mm-hmm can't really win without that guy no. like i'm sorry i know like even yesterday against that clipper against clippers it was saying that they even put 51 in the third tyus jones is one of the best backup point guards in the league but they needed a, him, they needed a closer i can't take him serious man and maybe this is going to be an off season where they got to think about some things and get into a better spot maybe make a, a move or something but they, they don't look like a championship team to me a team that's coming out of the west especially with all the other moves that have been made that's how it's, I look at it. And it's tough because we look more so, and I was thinking about this too, like when, you know, even when the Clippers got rushed, like we look at big names a lot. 
And I was thinking about that. I think that's what the thing is for the Grizzlies because the Grizzlies have, they've had two good seasons and they've been a tough team. You know, I went to that game, uh, went to the playoff series last year against the Warriors and there were some tough battles. But yeah, I think probably the name, they need one more. They need one more. And I, I hopefully they, they can end up getting that if it doesn't work out this year. We're going to see because when Ja gets back, I feel sorry for the <laughs> because Ja's going to come back on a whole different type of time for sure. Well, Jordan, I hope we, we see you doing some like Kings playoff. Uh, yeah. Content, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. No, nah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, the last breakdown I did. Yeah. You know, shout out to Monk. You know, that's the, that's the guy too over there. But I had to make sure I showed both Fox and, and Monk some love because that game was remarkable that they had put on. Yeah, Monk played when he gets hot, man. He that's another guy that you talk about. He may not be a star player, but just the the joy he plays with, the passion, the, the swagger, the soul. Like he brings so and I think he brings something out of Fox because of how tight they are. Yep. You got the Kentucky Blue duo back. Yeah. Um, for sure. You know, them two, you know, are amazing. I mean, I mean together. Seeing them two come back together and do what they're doing is absolutely dope. Um I didn't think that I know a lot of people have Malik, you know, they were trying to figure out, like, how is he going to work in? You got Kevin. We got a lot of wings. We got too many wings. But, man, shout out Mike Brown. He's been able to, like, you know, because <laughs> I'm seeing Kevin cook up. I'm like, man, like, he's really good at being able to find a hot hand and then, you know, let that person rock. And I think that's been dope about seeing the Kings. And really quick, yeah, that's exactly it. It's like they all they all respect one another. So whoever mm-hmm. has the hot hand, they go to. And Malik Monk is someone who loves he he loves every shot that he takes. But man, he's just a fantastic playmaker and just keeps building that two man game with Sabonis as well. So yeah. yeah, it's been fun. Well Jordan, hey, appreciate you making some time man. Keep doing your stuff. I, I we you know we're a big fan of your work at Swish Culture. So keep it up, man. Hopefully we see you down the road. Man, no, I'm a fan of you too. What you guys have been able to do, you know, you know, you're on the big screen on the TV now, you know, <laughs> killing it. You know, the, all the coverage. Fans are lucky that you know you guys, oh, you guys dude. are really each day, you know, putting the work in and giving you know the fans out there great content. Oh. And I love the culture of Sacramento. Hopefully, do you guys think that you guys can get an All Star game? No, Ooh. not anytime soon, unfortunately. Not no, even but- with the beam. Hey, I, I, hey, if it was up to me, we would. But, they, you know, the league's like, they don't have enough hotel rooms as if, like, you couldn't go on the outskirts of, outskirts of Sacramento. Look, Salt Lake City doesn't have a, that many yeah. hotels. They were they had people in Park City. It's, like, it's going to happen with the more they win. Yeah, I hope so, okay. man. Yeah, okay. either way, you got to get you, you got to get out to Sacramento and see the beam in person. And, and let us other. know when you do. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, shout out to that. Also, you know, shout out to Mike Brown, Phil Handy. Uh, I'm going to end with this. Phil Handy. Uh, you know, Lakers coach, you know, he's won three titles. Mike Brown is the first person to give him his opportunity with the Lakers a while back. And he always talked about how detailed Mike Brown's practice plan was. And if mm. it wasn't for him, he wouldn't be where he's at in the NBA now. You know, multiple, you know, assistant champion. You know, he's had three championships as an assistant. And, um, yeah, I always hear great things about Mike. I'm I'm glad that it's working out for him, you know. And uh, shout out to to Sacramento, what you guys have been able to accomplish. Who I didn't I didn't ask y'all too. Who is y'all yeah. Western Conference? Be other than other than eh. Sacramento. Well, I don't. I, I, I don't throw think, that out there. I don't want to make it seem yeah. like y'all going against y'all team. No, no. I mean well, I'm, I keep it real. Like I, okay. Sacramento's not supposed to come out of the West uh-huh. this year, and they're not going to. And it's okay. That's okay. Like it's okay. big picture stuff. I think for me, <sighs> it's got. I mean, don't, it's not even a prisoner of the moment. It's the Suns, I'm, right? I'm going with Denver. 
Ooh. I think I think Denver's felt the pain. I think you got to remember too. Last couple of years, Murray hasn't been around. Uh-huh. Like Porter. Like I think they're healthy. I think they've got more depth than ever. I think they play good defense, and Jokic is a problem. I think this is their year. They can come out of the West. I, I'm I'm going with the Suns. I just think you, when you look at that. I'm going a little bit because of the names and the star power, but that star power together, what they can accomplish with Monty Williams, I just think is going to be high level basketball. Mm-hmm. Who you got? Hey, uh, I don't know. One. I can't even. Pick- I got to pick one. You um, made us pick. Yeah. yeah, man, I made y'all pick. I am so terrified <laughs> of the Nuggets too. When you brought them up, I'm like, man. Um, Clippers and Phoenix, if they meet each other. Uh, you man. got the Suns. I might go Suns. Yeah, yeah. Go yeah don't don't lie. One. I call KD one of one. Hey, I, I can't. I'm with yep. you, dude. Can't go against KD. Well, sure. hey, man, we appreciate you. Thanks, um, Thanks so much, and, and we'll we'll do it again soon, man. Yes, sir. Let's do it. Jordan's appreciate you, Mo man. and Deuce. Absolutely. Always, yep. Always man. Uh, check him out. Swish Cultures on Instagram. One came across him because his videos are amazing. His breakdowns are great. He's played ball. Also, his voice, amazing. We're way late. We got to go. That's okay. We'll be back on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tucson Mo on Sackdown Sports. It's Tucson Mo on your local sports leader. Sackdown Sports. Deuce Mason, Morgan, Reagan. Shout out to Jordan Richard from Swish Cultures for hanging out with us last segment, talking some hoops. You can check it out on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. But later on at SacktownSports.com, we got coverage galore from NFL Combine stuff from Emil. We got the Kings previews with Frankie Cardicelli. There's a ton of exclusive content at SacktownSports.com. You got to check it out. Chris mentioned the update about Derek Carr. Yeah. I go into the Saints on a four-year deal. Uh, how do you feel about the Saints uh, getting a used car? <laughs> no? You counting it? You, you, you like it? Chris? No? Okay. You've had it better. Cool. It was like it was too PG for well, it's you. It's a new car. It's too PG for you. It's like you're getting like all dad joke on us. There you go. You're getting a few laughs in there. Uh, I'm happy for Derek Carr in so many ways. <laughs> in so many ways. This is first team all petty. Think about they yes. were trying to trade him. He had the no trade clause and like okay, go take to, go talk to the Saints so we can work out some sort of trade. And then he goes, no, I'm not taking a trade. And then he signs a four year deal to go to New Orleans. I love it for him, man. I mean, it's this a good seems like team. a cash grab. It is a cash grab. No, uh, Juan reunites with Dennis Allen. Okay. But it's a Saints team that has something he's never had. And that's a good defense. And to have a good defense, you go there. You got some weapons. Okay. They should be fun. First team all petty. And I think that's my favorite part of this story. How many times have I told you guys, your organization that you work for does not give a damn about you. You got to do whatever you need to do to make sure you get the bag. And Derek Carr got the bag, baby. Cash and grab. Cash grab. And screws over the Raiders in the process. What do you mean? They're fine. They're going to go after Jimmy G. It's so good. It's so This whole no. thing is great. Honestly, if they go after Garoppolo... It's a good stopgap for them. Like, I think they, the Raiders want to go get 
Aaron Rodgers somehow. Sure. Rodgers came out of his cave, and we still haven't heard if he's coming back. Remember, he went down to this hole for four days. Uh-huh. This darkness retreat, or is it darkness? Okay, again, is it wasn't, you guys, it wasn't even that dark, right? But it wasn't, was, it, is that what they called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went into a hole for four days, sure. Darkness retreat. Yeah. Um, it's a total rich white person thing to do. Correct. And, <laughs> and then you go down there, and he's supposed to come out and be like, oh, I figured it all out. He got out like a week and a half ago. He still doesn't know. It sounds like the Jets want him. Remember, the Jets told Derek Carr that if he went there, he could be a Hall of Fame quarterback if they won. Well, they didn't do much to go sign him. He signs with the Saints. Now, the Raiders are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo, but they're also interested in Aaron Rodgers. I do think Jimmy is a good stopgap. They're familiar with him. You know, they have the old Patriots front office there. You got Josh McDaniels. I get it. I get it, too. And I think, you know, obviously when we were talking to Matt Mayoko last week a little bit about the 49ers and their quarterback situation, we're like, uh, is there a way that they try to even go back to Jimmy? And it's like, no, it's long, done, goodbye, no. Um, so Jimmy G moving on. It, it's it's going to be interesting because it, let's say that is the landing spot for Jimmy G and he sees some success there with just even his play, right? Which is throwing it at least five uh, yards down the field and oh, being able to hand it Morgan, off. What? You take so many shots at a guy who like literally he won, won a lot of games. He won, no, that's okay. So again, I can take shots at his individual game and also give love to what he did now, as a manager now, on the football field. We should also note that him going the Raiders, he's not going to have that type of talent he had with the 49ers that maybe covered up some of his weaknesses that were still on full display, right? Right. So that's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, I think Devontae Adams probably not going to be happy about (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So Uh, um, it's a good stopgap for a team that's just looking for the quarterback for now, but it's not a solution for that team. But that's what happens when you move on from someone. That's why, like with Derek, it's like, okay, I get he's been there. But let's acknowledge everything he's accomplished, despite the circumstances sure. there. Like, there was chaos in Oakland. Then he comes here, the Gruden mass. Like, it's just never been a smooth thing for him. And the one time they got to the playoffs with him uh, early on in Oakland, he got hurt, right? And I think that that's the thing. Uh, we always we always talk about this narrative. Quarterbacks get all the love or all the hate or whatever. And there's too many times, like even Jimmy Garoppolo, where they're doing well on the field and they're still going to get hate for where the team is at. And I think for Derek Carr, it was a lot of that. There's when you, what, what was it in the, in the, um, the flag football game, the pro Bowl. What, what game is that? The, yeah. The pro the bowl. Pro bowl. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you know, he's slinging it and everything and he's looking good and people are getting excited about Derek Carr. And it's like, yeah, cause he can still perform at a he's high a level. It's, I, it's a team sport. I just think that when you are moving on from a quarterback, you better have a legit plan. And I think their plan is, well, hopefully um, Aaron wants to come here and we can work something out. Okay, if that's your plan, good luck. Good luck. You got to make some guys happy. All right, we'll talk some more stuff coming up, including dogs of the weekend. Uh, I would love for the YouTube chat to give us their dogs. Any sports performance that jump out to you, submit them now. Uh, we'll do ours coming up next. It's Juicy Mo on Sackdown Sports. Sports. Yeah, we're on Sacktown Sports. Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. If you're driving around, you can, of course, hear us 1140 AM. Appreciate you doing that. 96.1-2 on the HD side. But, of course, if you're in your office or, you know, driving around, you're, oh, wait, what can I do when I get home? 
Put the YouTube feed on, youtube.com slash Shacktown Sports 1140. We got live and local content all day long, including a new show that debuted today. Our buddy Chris Watkins, who yeah. we had on the first hour. Yes, Chris and Co. debuted today. He'll be on live um, Monday through Friday from 10 to 11 Pacific time with his own show, Chris and Co. So make sure to give him some support. He is super talented, a new voice, young good perspective grind hungry great person local guy smart god we love him yeah love chris yeah so check his show out morgan you know we like to do on mondays what do we do on mondays we got sports galore of the weekend i think we gotta do our dogs Ooh. of the weekend who's ready for some dogs? dog dog of the day and the best night in the world of sports Oh, yes. If you have some dogs of the weekend, you can let us know in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Shacktown Sports 1140. Morgan Reagan, yeah. Deuce Mason, and Chris Verlach. Who wants to start today on dogs of the weekend? Um, I'll start, everybody. Oh, okay. All you're, right. You're getting to this quickly. Is that okay? It was a pun because I think I know oh, where you're going. Oh. I saw what you clicked on. Okay. Yeah. Well, my dog of the weekend is Emmanuel Quickly. <laughs> yes. Good. Deuce. Disgusting. Dogs do not sound like cows. Weird. Okay. We're. <laughs> I like. Okay. <laughs> Stop. I did the same thing. Like I got all weird and like yeah. doggish for a second. Yeah. And then I'm like, I look like an idiot. I need to remember okay. I'm actually on camera. So my dog of the weekend, Emmanuel quickly yesterday, um, what he did against the Boston Celtics, he ended up with 38 points, a season, a career high. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he played 55 minutes. So once the second half started, he did not come out. Tibbs, you know how he likes to coach. When a guy is going, he don't care. He's going to keep playing you, making sure that you keep uh, just um, flourishing like he was. That's exactly what happened with Emmanuel quickly. They got into double overtime. They beat the Celtics without Jalen Brunson. They got into double overtime. He had like the first seven points. Like he was just balling. And yesterday was one of those games for the Knicks. I did get a little scared because I look ahead of what the Kings have. And I was like, oh, man, they got to they gotta slow down Dude. this guy too now. But he's my dog <laughs> of the weekend. <laughs> Christopher Lodd, who's your dog of the weekend? Well, like I say, guys, not all dogs are good dogs. Sometimes, oh. there's, sometimes there's bad dogs. And sometimes you have a complete pack of bad dogs. Oh, that's because there's this team called Manchester United playing in Liverpool. <laughs> First half, one nothing. Okay, that's something you could get dig yourself out of. Yeah. Nope. They gave up six unanswered goals, and for probably the final thirty minutes of the game, the team just completely gave up. They didn't care. Their fans are just. Outrage today, which I think is absolutely fantastic. So the entire Manchester United Football Club, I say, are bad dogs. Yeah, but I don't know. You kind of like that they were bad dogs of the weekend. I, I do like it. You don't like Manu. You're a Man City guy. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, we're back. We're back. We won a League Cup. Oh, we're back. Yeah. We're going to win the quadruple, even though two of the trophies really don't matter. Sit down. Bad dog. Ooh. And it's kind of like Warriors fans a little bit in some ways because all I hear is, and with Steph's back, it's over. Steph's back, it's over. They go to L.A. yesterday and Steph lose. Steph was back. 
but they're different. Oh, yeah, real different. Great spacing when the Lakers go, we're not going to defend Kaminga or Looney. Um, Go ahead. Good luck with your spacing. All right, let me get to my real dog. Oh. I got two dogs. Oh. Three dogs what? for the weekend. Okay. Ruff, ruff. Uh, my first dog, shout out UC Davis. They were down 11 with 61 seconds to go in their last game against Long Beach State. 61 seconds to go? Okay. Down 11? They force overtime. Wow. Then they go to double overtime. They get the win. Eli Peppa, 28 points, 10 rebounds, 4 steals. Now, you say UC Davis, it was such a big win. Uh, they start the Big West Tournament Thursday instead of playing on Tuesday, so some extra rest for them, wow. too. But to rally back from down 11 when they were a long stretch in that game without being able to score at all. Yeah. So they rally back. They played like some dogs. So is it... <laughs> UC Davis, or is it Eli Pepper? That's your... Both. Oh! The whole team, yeah. UC Davis. Uh, but my last two dogs. Okay. I got to give it up to MJF oh. and Brian Danielson. All right. These guys had an Iron Man match. But after 60 minutes, it was over. It was over. It tied. Oh, what do we do? What do we do? Tony Schiavone runs down because apparently uh, Justin Roberts' run did not is, work. Run, I wouldn't say run. Okay, trot down. I don't know. what I, For some That's reason, Tony Schiavone was getting talked about in, in, during the broadcast. Tony Khan's telling him, his ear, hey, go down and tell Justin Roberts that this match must continue. So Schiavone goes down because, you know, apparently Justin Roberts' IB does not work. No, no, it's just to, you know, cover for his mind. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. okay. And then the match continues. These guys go 67 straight minutes and it was one of the best main events you'll see one of the best AEW pay-per-views which i didn't have high expectations for but everyone acts like mjf is just a guy that's on the mic and he said it last night in his press conference too the guy proved oh and what a press conference one of the best wrestlers in a long time he's only 26 years old chris was there how did that play in a, in the arena because i felt like the crowd was into it the entire time which is crazy because it was a long event Oh, yeah. The match was at the start, like they had the clock on and then they took it away, which is kind of like, what is that? And then like as the match builds, it's like, okay, okay. Then you get the first fall. Then Oh, the bad thing. I got to say this. There is this guy there by himself that gives wrestling fans a bad name. Oh, no. And I everyone, everyone is bad in this story. (laughs) So this guy... I don't. I don't know about him. It felt like he thought it was real, <laughs> like it might be real. Yeah. And whenever people would start cheering for MJF, he would start screaming at them. Like Whoa. this guy was legitimately mad. Like how can you? How can you re- root for that guy? He's a monster type of thing. Sure. And then like it turned into like total like sixth grade to where then people start cheering for MJF to get this guy's reaction out of it. And it's just like, I'm just like getting cringed out. That is hilarious. I'm trying to ignore it, but then everyone around me like, Hey, check out that guy. So that was, but the match itself was incredible. That's like one of the, I will say the matches I've gone to in San Francisco have been some of the best matches in wrestling history. Wow. Wow. They really step up there in San Francisco. Hopefully they can do the same in Sacramento. But Chris, one more question about that match, because in the beginning, um, obviously MJF being the jerk that he is took a mother's 
cup oh of let's say soda and dumped it on her kid that was so and bad. went back into the <laughs> ring did you see by any chance if they were getting the kids some new clothes or doing anything for him i don't they are oh they 100 they like took him yes. backstage and stuff like that and, okay. and he's gonna be in the show in sacramento Tony yeah he's Kong gonna was be talking in, about that last yeah. night yeah He's going to oh. be here in Sacramento. Yes, that was not planned. Is, Usually, you have plans. Is MJF going to throw another drink at this kid? I hope he does. <laughs> but the, 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 does. the kid will be better, though. The, the kid will be prepared. Like he'll understand. Like, oh, this is part of it now. It was funny. I was reading on Reddit last night. Everyone's like, yeah, this is part of the kid's origin story for when he becomes a wrestler in the future and has a feud with MJF. I thought the other thing, real fast, like I think what benefited that show so much. Is it being on the West Coast that the show started at five o'clock? It wasn't starting at eight o'clock and ending at like midnight. Yes. The show ended at like, you know, eight thirty, nine o'clock. So that was better too. So those are our dogs of the weekend. MJF, Brian Danielson. <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we need to talk about this Kings Pelicans game. Yes. Dear Fox, still questionable. Are you a little nervous about tonight? We'll talk about where things stand with the Kings and bounce around the NBA, including what's going down with John Morant. It's Juice Mello on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Juice Mason, Morgan, Reagan, live until 2 p.m. Kings and Pelicans tonight at Golden Ones there. The Kings trying to bounce back after a rough defensive performance uh, in a four-point loss to Minnesota on Saturday night. Your chair okay, Morgan? <laughs> Did you see that? Morgan's like arm wrestling. I just uh, like leaned on it and yeah. went down. But what's up? No, nah, I was just making sure you're okay. Yeah, no, no, no I'm good. Kings and Pelicans tonight. Um, the Pelicans going to be a bit shorthanded. Of course, no Zion, no Alvarado. No Josh Richardson, Valanchunas questionable, no Larry Nance. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox was questionable headed into tonight's game. Uh, he was at shoot-around today. He's dealing with some uh, hamstring soreness. The latest line, by the way, I think I saw this morning, the Kings were favored by five. That has jumped to five and a half point favorites for a game that's on NBA TV. Um, how are you feeling about the the Pelicans tonight, even though they're shorthanded? Um, I don't... <clears throat> I don't feel, I'm not like fearful of the game, but I'm also not going to this one. Like you've got to win. This is going to be easy. They're shorthanded. I'm going into this game. Like you're coming off of a loss against the Minnesota Timberwolves who have somewhat of similar numbers. I guess when you look at both the teams, the Pelicans and the, the T wolves um, with their three point shooting numbers, T wolves, not the best three-point shooting team coming into that game and shot lights out. Pelicans, same kind of thing. What are they going to get, do against a team like the Sacramento Kings who allowed 13 open threes mm. Mm. made last game of the 20? So um, just those type of things that make me nervous, but also the Pelicans' defense is the other thing that makes me nervous because the Kings' offense is high-powered, keeps them going, but what are they going to do when the Pelicans start getting those passing lanes and getting those steals? Yeah, well, defense is going to be the key. Kevin Herter was not happy about the defense after Saturday night. Oh, uh, I mean, it was definitely frustrating. Finally, what we've been talking about came and bit us in the ass. Uh, Got to find a way to play defense. Was that Mike's big message to you guys? Yeah, it's been it's been the message all year. It's not something that's been new. Uh, we've just found ways to win games, but you know we can't win every game. Giving up 138 points, so uh, at some point we got to obviously figure some things out. You know, there's a 
accountability that comes with you know being a player and, and locking into that myself included everybody else in the locker room you know we can watch so much film and drill different things and uh, Mike can come in and, and obviously give different speeches and try to rally us but you know as players we obviously we got to figure some stuff out too I'm expecting a different looking Kings team like I think they understand that okay that was not good enough we tried to outscore our team and we lost at home pretty much what happened I want to get to that uh, on the chat. Uh, Rory in the chat. Rory's Come here, Rory. Fan. He says, uh, Morgan is always realistic, a.k.a. never having a firm opinion. So, Rory, would so, you like wait, me The crowd's to... laughing. Can you respect it for a second? That uh, was a good one. Rory, would you like me to be hot take sportsman and, like, just take Yes. The, oh, I'm so scared of the Pelicans tonight. Or, oh, the Kings got to beat them. Wait, wait, it's wait, a wait, must wait. win. Wait, I want to get the hot takes. Who, who's hot takes? How would hot takes sportsman uh, approach this? this? Tonight? Okay, yeah. so he'd be, if the Kings do not beat the Pelicans, they are not making the playoffs. They are not going to be a championship team like they thought they were going to be this season. I mean, how are they supposed to build a future if you can't? even beat the short-handed pelicans Ooh, hot i was hot take sportsman i gotta say i kind of vibe with him i do i don't want to lose tonight morgan uh, this is a you're at home is that person's home- name reagan morgan yes <laughs> yes it is yes it is thank uh, you chris morgan a reagan like Stephen a smith morgan a reagan all right yeah uh, that's yeah. it morgan a reagan that's her new hot take sportsman persona yeah, I mean, I think uh, tonight you're just you're. I understand that they have problems, and this is where we go to every time we talk about NBA teams. Now it's like, hey, it's, these, these are NBA teams, blah blah blah. It's like, no, no, I get all that, but I also understand that you're at home, mm-hmm. and this team has lost 16. The Pelicans have lost 16 of their last 21 games. Correct. They're banged up now. They still have talent. You have to respect them and be locked in. But if you just play your game and you can actually get some stops defensively, you win this game and you got to start winning these home games. I love that we could talk about this team's home record or this road record being one of the best in the league, best in the Western Conference. But the home record has to be better. You know, it's just they were at 19 and 13 on the home floor, I think, at this point in time. So I'd like to see them get that going. Yeah, and I think when you look at the Pelicans and some of their – star players, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum. Um, and those two alone can kill you. And that's, that's why, like, I'm not even, I don't, we, Valanchunas is questionable, right? But we know as a big, how that can be a threat or a mismatch for the Sacramento Kings, especially if anything goes wrong with Sabonis getting in foul trouble or the way that they rotate over and they don't do it the right way. So yeah, there's, there's things I look at tonight against the Pelicans that I just take very seriously when I look at what the Kings have accomplished against some of these matchups, against some of these names in this season. And uh, coming off of a loss against the T-Wolves, I just hope that they have that locked-in mentality ready to go, not only from the starting crew, but down the bench, especially if De'Aaron Fox is only questionable for tonight. A couple of stats that jump out to me. The Kings, you know, allowed those 23s against Minnesota that Morgan was talking about, 13 wide open. Mm-hmm. But since the All-Star break, they are allowing 17.23s per game, which is tied with the Houston Rockets Jeez, for the bad. most in the NBA. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, the last time they held an opponent under 115 points was 13 games ago, but they're still 8-4 during the stretch because the offense has been so good. We should note that the Pelicans' defense on the road not very good. Their opponents have averaged 116 points a game. Yes. So this could be a game for the Kings to get the offense going, get the crowd behind them. 
Um, and I think it's just big, especially with what lies ahead. Like this week is challenging. The Knicks coming to town. The Knicks are on fire right now. They've won nine in a row. They've beat Boston twice in like the last week. They did it yesterday without Brunson. They're a tough team. I think they're one of the best stories in the NBA this year. And I, you know, the Kings struggled with them at Madison Square Garden. That's going to be tough. And then you got the Suns. And then after that, the Bucks are here. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh God. When you go over that schedule, it's it's great though. It's not. Yeah. I I hate. I don't go into these games frightened like I used to for the Kings. Um, I think not only are they a better team at times in, in some of these matchups that we look forward to. Uh, I think the only thing that catches me off guard at times are the experience and the things that they haven't accomplished together as a team yet. So those experiences, we are watching it evolve yeah. and grow and develop each and every game this late in the season because these games aren't just important for the Sacramento Kings. They're important for so many of these teams that are trying to keep their spots, their seating in um, the playoffs and whether they're in the Eastern or Western Conference. Kings have still won five of their last six games Last game, we got a chance to see Kessler Edwards, who the Kings traded for. We have not seen a lot of him before last game. I think he only played in a couple of games, and one was a blowout. The other was like three minutes late in the game. He got some pretty big run, including some fourth-quarter minutes, trying to deal with Anthony Edwards, trying to make life more difficult. Do you think he did enough that we'll see him in the rotation tonight, especially with someone like Brandon Ingram and some of the length that the Pelicans have. Remember that time that Rashawn Holmes had like a perfect game against the Lakers. And then if you would ask me, did he earn more sure. time? I would have said yes. So that's why I, I, it's no knock on Mike Brown and what his, his strategy is as a, as a coach. I think but, there's a difference there. And, and what I was going to say, because I knew you're going to challenge that. I just know you so well, um, because you're not wrong about that. There is a difference there. And what Kessler Edwards as, adds as like a a wing and as a as someone on the defensive end that can guard multiple positions because he is so long because he can move laterally and then seeing him be able to obviously knock down a three you know he's confident in the 14 minutes that he did play in that game and he did a great job against Anthony Edwards I would hope that we would see a little bit more Kessler Edwards especially if there's someone that they were having a problem against because even Davion Mitchell at times didn't get the amount of time that I thought he deserved to try and stop Anthony Edwards uh, in that last game. But in, in, and we've seen Mike Brown trust Davion against Paul George and other star players. Yeah, it's just tough with Davion because I think he makes guys work hard. But when you start asking him to defend guys like Anthony Edwards, I think you're limited because the reality is he may be able to get into guys and make life challenging. But when a guy can just raise up and fire a shot over you, it's tough. you're six foot. I mean, I think there's even that clip our guy drew um, put out on social media. It was kind of breaking down the issues with allowing corner threes in yeah. that game against Minnesota. And one of them, like. The, the Kings, you know, Davion was a low man to come over and maybe stop the penetration to the rim, could could have taken a charge. The pass went to the corner, and Mitchell was able to contest, but he's not long, right? He's six foot, and he gets there a hair late. It's not going to do much. You're already in rhythm. So there are some challenges with Davion being, like, one of your defensive stoppers because it's like, yeah, but you almost need him to stop some of these wings. <laughs> like, he, he can only do so much. I know. No, so it's, it's yeah, there's, there's, 
things, there's tough things ahead when you look at some of the defense, some of the rotations as a whole for the Kings, um, especially when you do like someone like Kessler Edwards out there. And he's going to have a short leash, just like everyone else. So how is how productive, how effective is he going to be in those minutes that he is playing? Yeah, I just want to see him be in the rotation, let him get some minutes, because if that could be, if all of a sudden you find a guy that you believe can be someone who could defend some wings and yes. you could put him in late game situations. Like, all right, long. he's he may get scored on, but he's going to make life challenging. He could deal with some contact. He's long enough to contest. He could stay in front of a guy. That's huge. But I'm also looking tonight for Keegan to bounce back. The fact that he only played 20 minutes last game, he only took two shots, did not score. Keegan's been in such a nice rhythm. Like, I want him to get going. I want him to be a big part of things. And I felt like, I don't know what was going on last game. It felt like he was just chilling in the corner a lot. There's not mm-hmm. a lot of movement. I want to see him get some touches, run some stuff with him. I want to see him handle a little bit too. You know, you you can mix it up. Yeah, that's he can dribble the ball. He can do things off the dribble. I mean, we were talking about it with Jordan from Swish Cultures earlier in the show about what he can do off the dribble. And I think Keegan Murray is starting to see more and more that he is capable of being effective off the dribble. He's just got to keep growing that confidence. I think he actually, he joined Kenny and I on the post game show the other night after the Clippers win. And we talked a little bit about him putting the ball on the floor and, and that's, Oh, and, and I said, Hey Keegan, like, what is it about um, finding that confidence and putting the ball on the floor more? Well, did you guys turn the set around? Like the fans are not, the fans aren't behind you. really good thanks that's really like you're keegan yeah do we we yeah i I just i just have to keep playing with confidence and fox and sabonis just kind of like feeding off of them and i i i kind of like my role and i just have to always stay confident keegan murray back in the studio uh what do you have to say to that uh yeah i believe coach brown is really helping me out and making me better with my game and uh, i really just think that's turning things around for me i'm sorry like i'm gonna be honest like it sounds nothing like me. Wait, do you guys want to hear my Keegan? <laughs> <laughs> we have heard the debut. You of... only said like two words, and that might be my favorite Keegan Murray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have heard Morgan's uh... Keegan Murray debut, and we've also heard her hot take sportsman Morgan A. Reagan. <laughs> Morgan A. Reagan needs to be a regular. No. Uh, uh, he can come. All right, coming up next, we need to talk a little bit about John Moran. And Giannis did something that. How come no one's giving him crap today? Give him the crap. We need to give Giannis some crap. He's almost perfect, but he deserves some crap today. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. How come no one's talking about Giannis today, Morgan? If it was any other, it was someone we didn't like today, he would be getting piled on. Yes, he would. Giannis had a triple-double after the win over Washington yesterday, but the league took it away, and I'm glad they did. Imagine today, let's play a game Okay. Imagine if Russell Westbrook did this. Oh, we would be... The narrative about around Russ, he only cares about himself. Yes. He is... um, This is the type of player he is nowadays, and he's selfish, and every team should get rid of him. So, let's be consistent here, because Giannis did something today was pretty sketch. 
Pretty sketch. A little sketch. Uh, late in the game against Washington, he was one rebound shy of a triple-double uh, nearing the late stages of the game. So what did he do? He intentionally missed a shot with a second left. Um, he dribbled to the basket, lightly tossed it up, <laughs> got the rebound for his 10th rebound. He said, quote, I was thinking about scoring the ball, but I feel like in those situations, it's best to just kind of keep the ball. But, yeah, I just play the game smart and kind of stole one. Morgan, why did he do this? Really? Why wanna, did he do this? Uh, I The question I had is, should they count the triple-double? Well, the league rescinded, rescinded that last rebound he got. So yeah. he did not get a triple-double. So... Wow, the, the commissioner acted fast on that. Why did they? Here's my question, though. What, what, obviously they have the power. I was going to say, what power do they have? What rules allow them to it's take that away? It's a good question. You know, like, I mean, it technically is a rebound. Who cares about the intentions? Like, how do you know a player's intention in the middle of a game? Like, what if that happened with three minutes to go and he did that? Would, that's interesting. Right, right. And I, again, I'm just I'm just pointing out, I'm not saying that it's wrong or right, but like <laughs> I, like let's let's make sure we're doing that for everyone. I but. love Adrian. Adrian, uh, this is a conspiracy theory for me. Yes. Sabonis does it all the time. Good job, Chris. There's no way he misses those open putbacks. Sabonis misses them on purpose in the middle of a game? Adrian, you're a genius. <laughs> You're a genius. Um, I just, you know, Ricky Davis got so much crap years ago when he did that against the Utah Jazz when he was with Cleveland. Uh, he actually did it. Uh, <laughs> so Utah, he got the. His was worse. His was worse. worse because he did it on the Utah Jazz basket and threw it up to get the rebound. So Giannis tried to get a triple on double the opponent's with yeah. basket. So yeah, Giannis doing it. It's it's. Um, I know some basketball purists will be dramatic. And be like, it's insulting to the game. How could you do such a thing? I also understand too, like when you're that close, you wanna you you wanna get that no, triple but double, but that's it's... not the way to get that's not the way to put it on your record as a triple double. I've got a secret for you guys. Secret time. Triple doubles are overrated. They don't really mean that much, oh. man. <laughs> because Giannis did that one rebound change anything? The guy still had a monster game. Exactly. So who cares about Getting that tenth rebound, it doesn't matter. No one's looking down like, yeah, man. But if he just got that one more rebound, I think you could have really said he had a big game. He had twenty three points, thirteen rebounds, and I'm sorry, thirteen assists, which is a season high. Wow, and nine rebounds. No one will ever have it in their contract. Like, and if you get ten triple doubles this season, you're going to get an extra mil, right? Uh, I don't know if there's contract incentives for a triple double. Okay. Here's what I'm there. thinking about. Yeah, is, I mean, the NBA is pushing gambling a lot and you there are all these prop bets Ooh. what if you won that triple double i'd be pissed bet? no but like i think they give you the money i think it's just like right after yeah i don't know how that works that's wow interesting that's really interesting chris oh my gosh this that that uh the nba rescinding that could really screw with a lot of things well, they took it away. Um, John Morant's not going to be playing for a minute, Morgan Reagan. Uh, last we were on, we've been talking about John Morant a lot lately. Unfortunately, it's not been because of the on-court stuff. Yeah. Memphis has been struggling, especially without Steven Adams in the fold. Yesterday, they played without Dylan Brooks. Uh, they just lost Brandon Clark to a torn Achilles. And now John Morant, sounds like he is going to be out indefinitely after what happened on Instagram Live. He went on IG Live after that loss to the Nuggets. 
showed off a gun and this is off the heels of what happened with a 17 year old, what he's been accused of. Mm. And then other accusations include some altercation with the security guard at a mall. And then of course the issue with Pacer staff members, the league look like they're going to investigate. It sounds like police in Colorado are now investigating John Morant for having that weapon. And then the Grizzlies came out and said he's missing at least the next two games. John Morant put out, a statement yesterday saying, I'm sorry to my family, teammates, coaches, fans, partners, the city of Memphis, and the entire organization for laying you down. I'm going to take some time away to get help and work on learning better methods of dealing with stress in my overall well-being. Here's what Taylor Jenkins, the head coach, had to say on John Morant. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not going to share what those conversations are. Um, you know, I think the focus right now is Josh taking on the responsibility to really get the help he needs to get into a better place, uh, generally speaking, but also on the flip side uh, to be in a better place to, you know, embrace the responsibilities and expectations as a member of this team. Um, that's what we're dialoguing about. Um, you know, that's what we're going to support him through, but we're also going to hold him accountable to. Also, how long is he going to be out, though? I mean, there's not a definitive timeline. I mean, we have said that it's going to be at least these two games. You know, we're taking it one day at a time. I mean, this is going to be an ongoing healing process. Um, so um, I, I can't comment in terms of what the exact timetable is going to be because it's really not a timetable situation. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, Morgan. I hope that this is like the wake up for John Moran. Yeah. You know? Because I the, the one thing that people keep bringing up is like, he came from a good house, he got good well-being, and, you know, he's being fake. You know what? No, I've had friends in the past that have come from great situations, and they get caught up with the wrong crowd. Yeah. And they do dumb things. And John Morant has to seriously reflect on his actions, but who is around him, and understand how... He is in such an amazing position, making a lot of money, yep. playing on a great team. He's got a daughter. Life is good for John Morant, and he cannot allow his actions or the actions of people around him damage his career. And this is what's happening. The good news is it's happening when he's 23, That's and no it. one's gotten hurt. And, well, the 17-year-old could have gotten hurt. Sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like, Just get your stuff together. And him talking about how he wants to deal with stress a different way you know what we've heard behind the scenes usually it's like oh he's got the reputation of the party guy and then he's showing it on ig live and everything and you just hope that that uh is something that will get under control because he does have such a bright future in this league and i saw a clip earlier um from someone who works with the memphis grizzlies put out a clip of taylor rooks talking to john morant a while ago and he was talking a little bit about being the leader that you know, every, everyone's depending on him. Yes. Right. And it's not just a team anymore. It's a family. It's his own family. It's more people within your circle. And like that can add a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. And I think a lot of people out there go, it doesn't matter. Like money can solve it all. Sure. But you still as a human can have all these emotions and not know how to deal with stress and have the right people around you or the right therapists in your life and get the help that you need. And I'm just glad that whether it was the NBA that really pushed this and said, nah, you need to step away and get some help, whatever, however the situation went down. I'm just glad that it's going in that direction direction yeah and he's let his team down too i mean he's let a lot of people down you're sure the, there are people who believe the grizzlies could win a championship this year i think based on what we have seen this year with number one the amount of talking they're do, doing mm. not backing it up with their actions on the floor losing stephen adams for this long yep brandon clark missing Ugh. dylan brooks is not been able to shoot the ball with any type of efficiency. And then getting suspended for the 16th technical. Yeah, John Morant, like, 
it doesn't it seems like they felt like they had made it as a team mm-hmm. when they haven't accomplished really i mean they've accomplished stuff i'm not trying to take it away but you haven't won anything this could be the thing that humbles them and what's cool too is if this is the team that turns things around for themselves and figure it out and goes oh like we can't be those jerks out there this is what we need to do if we want to achieve our goals yeah, well, let's hope for the best for John Moran, man. I just, I, I just hope he gets it. You just don't want to see young people throw away something. That's all. That's, that's the reality. Coming up, we still have story time with Chris Verlaud. Plus, you realize yesterday, Katie and Kyrie did not talk or anything. No. I oh yes, notice. we're gonna talk about that. It's Deuce and Mo on Sackdown Sports. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us on the YouTube feed as well. If you're driving around, you should know that you could watch the show. You can chat with the show at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where each and every one of our shows live on YouTube from 6A to 6P. It's great. So make sure you check it out today. Oh, we got story time with Chris Verla in just a second, but uh, we were talking uh, during the break about that Suns Mavs game. From yesterday, yeah. really looking forward to it. It's back and forth. Suns ended up winning one thirty to one twenty six. The Mavs defense has been just a mess, which is kind of what we expected, especially after the Kyrie trade. But the Mavs are just two and five when Kyrie and Luca played. A couple of things we were watching: Booker and Luca did their thing, but it was like, hey, Katie and uh, Katie and Kyrie are reuniting to face each other. How's that going to go? Uh, Brian Winhurst was at the game, and here's what he had to say about what he viewed nothing there was nothing between them and i know kd said last week that you know he they haven't talked well i can tell you they still haven't talked and they sure as heck didn't talk during the game yesterday and look there were times when mm. the cameras were were not on national tv when they were in break where they were standing a foot from each other and they were not looking at each other the game ended and you had kevin durant hugging markeith morris his nets teammate from a couple of weeks ago and not even looking to Kyrie Irving in a, in a very hot tempered game. Look, you had the, you know, there's two, these two teams, Durant and Kyrie are new to them, but this is bad blood from the playoffs last year. You got Booker going up into Luka Doncic's chest in the closing moments of that game, shot making down the stretch. There was a lot going on and KD and Kyrie, nothing there. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing. Kind of awkward. I mean, I think KD's irritated. I mean, I get it. Wouldn't They're... you be? Went through a little breakup. You don't like talk to your ex right away. Dude, but not only that, I just think it's so, it is interesting that we do for, it seemed like the longest time with Kyrie, when he went back to the Celtics, you know, oh, he gets along with everyone, you know, hugging Jason Tatum, all them. It's not those guys that he's necessarily having the problems with. He's having the problems with the, the leadership within the organizations. And now, yes, that can alter relationships on the floor and with your teammates, but at the same time, like, yeah, it's um, it's just not going to be perfect. Ever. I will say in all fairness, we don't know. I know Brian Winhurst like stirring the pots. I mean, they could have talked like before the game, like behind the scenes. Sure. They could have talked after the game behind the scenes. Maybe they didn't want to make it a thing, but it was made a thing on first take today. It was an interesting game for sure. I think my big takeaway with Luca, and I was talking about this on the YouTube feed during the break. Yeah. Luca, we need to like have real conversations about him. 
Like, and I think we don't do it enough. I think people always, oh, Luke, a 30-point game. He's awesome. He had a 30-point game last yesterday. It was not a good game. And the amount of times he complains to the officials is absurd. Mm-hmm. Taking bad shots. The Mavs offense, in some ways, was flowing better with him not on the floor. The ball was moving. The ball was moving. And for him to get to that next level, the guy needs to get in shape. All yeah. right, you look at Luca now compared to his rookie year, he's gone thick. And it's not the good type of thickness either. He needs to get in better shape. He needs to stop complaining to officials all the time. And what it else, hurts him. What I will say offensively, like you talk about the ball stopping with him and the f- offense not flowing as much. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's the problem. It means that he needs to be coached differently. So even if that's Jason Kidd, just communicating differently. I think sometimes that's the hardest thing is when there is a, a superstar on your team how you go about communicating, how you get certain things out of them and alter their game to make them better. They've got to have mad respect for you, especially if you don't want to get fired, which is so weird that you have to play that game a little bit and tiptoe on that line. But that's exactly what it's going to be with whoever is coaching Luka Doncic. Well, we do this every day, and sometimes we regret doing it. Mm -hmm. But other times we love it. Facts. It's time for story time with Chris Verlott, baby. We interrupt this program for an important announcement. It's that time of the day where Chris Verlott gives you the stories that you need to hear. Or maybe not. Story time. With Chris Verlott, baby! All right. Chris Verlott. I took a look and one more. No, no one died. that's huge that's huge not morbid monday okay all right so what do we have today all right let's start with hey the united states of america that's where we live this comes from the intercept we all heard it as kids fruity pebbles fruit loops and lucky chimes are all part of a healthy breakfast (laughs) yes of course at least for now it's proposed fda rule is if if the proposed fda rule is passed Foods labeled as healthy must contain a major food group like dairy, fruits, or whole grains and must fit certain limits on saturated fat, sodium, and added sugars. Now, for cereals, they can have no more than 2.5 grams of sugar per serving in order to be labeled as healthy, which would exclude about 95% of ready-to-eat cereals. Yeah, and guess what? Um, I think we should label things properly. One, we should be able to buy whatever like sugary thing we want in mm-hmm. society. But um, I don't know, kids starting the day with uh, diabetes on a spoon, probably not the best idea, okay? Because when I was a kid, we didn't even put milk in our cereal. We'd be like, hey, you want some Fruity Pebbles dry? Do you want some Fruit Loops dry? It's like eating it's candy not, on your way not, to school. Yeah. yeah, I understand the convenience factor, but God, do not get me started on how we have so much crap food in a grocery store that we live. Hey, it's healthy. Do you sweat? No, it's... It's what, all natural. Why do you hate the First Amendment? What do you mean? Well, what do I mean is because that's what the cereals companies are doing. The largest cereal producers, General Mills, Kellogg's, and Post, are all challenging the rule as a violation of corporate free speech. The filing oh, said oh, if finalized in its present form, it would open up to a legal challenge in, in that it would violate the First Amendment by prohibiting truthful, non-misleading claims in an unjustified manner and also exceeds FDA's statutory authority in several ways. Yeah. Nothing like big corporations coming in and bringing bogus stuff to the table. Oh. Hey, cigarettes are good for you, too. Trust me, this doctor says so. Oh. 
All right. Let's see. Oh, quick one. We guys, we got a break yeah. soon here. Sure. Uh, no. Daytona Beach, Florida. Daytona Beach oh. News Journal. Knock knock. Who's, Who's there? there? A seven foot ten inch alligator. At nope. nine forty two at night, a man heard standing a noise. Up, are they, just to be clear, was it standing up? Long. Okay. Okay. I mean, technically, it not, okay. technically, it's standing up because okay. they, they got short feet. Okay, you're right. <laughs> So at 9.42, a man heard a noise at the front door and thought it was someone looking for his son. Unfortunately, it was almost an eight-foot alligator who lunged at the man and bit him in the upper thigh. The no. man had non-life-threatening injuries and was transported to the hospital. Oh, I just realized that I lied. Unfortunately for the alligator, it was trapped and euthanized. Oh, that's... Oh my God. Wait, just... so wait, 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 wait. It was at the guy's door? Front door. And he heard a knock? Like, it did not. He heard, like, a noise on the door. And he opened it. Alligator bit him. And they so they killed the alligator. You know what? I don't like it. You know, you built a house in that gator's turf. Thank you. That. Sorry. We go, hey, we'll get this out of here. Hopefully it won't happen again. Look where you live. That's one. But the other thing, too, you guys, it's 2023. Does anyone actually open the door when someone knocks or rings the door but i hide i don't move i I turn on my ring camera and go get the hell out of here if i hear a on the floor yeah turn the tv off yeah all the above i i think i think i I don't even think you should be allowed to knock on doors anymore i agree don't come to my door Stay away. I, 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 it's an invasion of privacy if someone comes yes. to my door. This day and age, oh. you're all murderers, and especially that alligator. But that alligator did not deserve to die. Do you agree? No, actually, like, you it, do you think that the alligator deserved to die because it knocked on the door, which you mm. should not be allowed to do? Chris, great w- point. If someone knocks on your door, are you a little like, eh? Oh, I go to another room and then look out the other window just to see who it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just we- Like, it just shouldn't be something people do ever <laughs> but, at all. But that's a new thing, though. Within like the last, back yeah, in the day, because was, that's because it's a new thing because everyone murders each other nowadays. Yeah. Well, so. like when we were kids, when someone knocked at the door, it's like, oh wow, a surprise. Yeah, 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 like it was fun. Oh yeah, mom. No, he said he had candy. Uh, um, if a neighbor comes to my door, I'm pissed. Hell like, what, no. What could they want? They could have texted me. You they can text. Have... You can email. You can leave a note. Email. Email. Yep. Yeah. Maybe. Agreed. And I'll get back to it. All right. Well, that's story time with Chris Verlade. Coming up next, we got to get to closing time. And the Kings take on the Pelicans. We'll take a closer look. It's Juice and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Because when you see certain guys get played off the floor, like, you know, yesterday you see Plumlee, the, mm. the Clippers go, yeah, we're just going to go small here because there we, we just need more guys that can switch on defense, but also that can do something with the basketball. Well, you even look at the end of that uh, Boston, New York game going into double overtime. Was that double overtime? Yeah. And it was uh, that final play, the final couple possessions. The Celtics played some great defense on the Knicks, caused a 24-second violation. 
They come back down the floor, and then they're struggling offensively. It wasn't because of the defense. It was more because, like, Grant Williams didn't know where to go. They didn't know – he didn't know what play they were trying to run. They called timeout. Not a lot of time left on the clock. Go back down. I thought New York did a pretty good job defensively, just even locking it. Super tired. Everyone's been playing for so many minutes. But you're just seeing defenses having to – figure things out as a team on a different level. And I appreciate watching that type of basketball. I learned something from watching uh, the Suns Mavs game yesterday. What'd you learn? I did not know this story before. Have you ever been so excited about something that you like? I don't know. What's your reaction to get super excited? Like, do you cry? Do you, um, are you happy? Do you oh, laugh? I'll, I'll cry. I definitely have cried being super excited about something. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, when uh, Ish Wainwright got his deal with the Suns, he said, I got so excited, I started throwing up. Literally throwing up. Ask my brother. Just excited, overly excited. My emotions were high. <laughs> I, I mean, Can you imagine if he was FaceTiming like James Jones at the Suns? Like, hey, I got your new deal. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I definitely cry. I don't throw up. <laughs> that is a... Yeah. It's a reaction. Your body is reacting to an emotion that you're feeling. Um, throwing up, though, it sounds messy. It sounds I, yeah, just me a little messy. I did have Chris? a cousin to where when where we were going someplace cooler that she would throw up <laughs> on our way to that thing to then we couldn't do it anymore. So they had to, <laughs> my wait, uncle, wait, wait. my uncle and aunt, they had to start like. <laughs> tricking her of saying like we're not going any place cool like we'll go to like when you're going to disneyland just say we're not going to disneyland <laughs> oh like we're going to grandma's house yeah and then she would not puke. so she would get so excited about going somewhere she would puke yes how I, old I was she um she was a little bit she's older than me by four or five years three years I, so I like think she was like eight. I remember I was five okay. and we we're supposed to go see Home Alone. And I was so excited to go see Home Alone. <laughs> and then <laughs> she got too excited and threw up and we couldn't go see Home Alone. <laughs> Do you guys ever get the nervous poops? Like you have to. Nope. Haven't tried this one yet. What? You just get like, you're like anxious about something. You're so nervous about something that gets about to go. Like, I think I remember. Do you nervous poop? I think when I first started with Good Day Sacramento back in the day, I oh. felt like I had to go to the like I go to the back, like oh my god, I got or a big interview for something. I'm like I gotta go. Are you sure? Because you weren't drinking coffee. I mean, early? Maybe that's what it was too. But it felt like it was because of nervous. I feel like it's okay. See, the chat says yes. And foremost, there's a, really, yes. there's a scene like that in Creed, the first Creed. He poops. <laughs> he gets. He's just like, take the gloves off me. I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, I was like, Bobby Lee was telling a story about. The comedian Bobby Lee was telling a story how when he has to go, he has to go, and he was on the 101, and he could not make it. So he just literally went in the backseat of his car. But he went in the back. But it turns out it sounds like he has, like, IBS, like, right? Well, Where, mean, like, he literally can't hold it in, and, and he doesn't understand that it's an issue. So, yeah, I mean, people, people's bodies react differently to so many different things, whether it's an emotion and or an actual problem that you need to get help with. Yeah, so Ish Wainwright, congratulations on that new deal. <laughs> Let's get to closing time. Closing time. Closing time. Oh, it has decided to freeze. It's, oh, it's... Oh, oh, oh. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. Speaking of this, I just looked outside. It is pouring How? right now. It was sunny. Uh, it's insane. 
It's insane. All right, let's get to closing time. Morgan Reagan, Derek Carr lands with the Saints <laughs> on a four-year deal. Uh, how do you feel about the the Saints uh, getting a used car? <laughs> Is it funnier the second time? Or I no? thought they no. were kicking the tires on getting a new car. Derek Carr is underrated to me. I am so happy he made this deal after it looked like the Raiders were trying to trade him there. He had a no-trade clause. He ends up signing with the Saints. I love this so much, you guys, just because it's first team, all petty, uh, when you look at the whole situation like Deuce just mentioned. And I always say it. I go, hey, that organization don't care about you, so what are you going to do to them? Mm. And that's exactly what he did. Good for him for getting paid again. Well, rumors now have Jimmy G maybe going to the Raiders. Are you surprised that Jimmy is still this attractive to teams? No, I'm not surprised because, one, he is physically attractive to Oh, my God. Imagine him in Vegas. Like, people love that face of his. But, two, I think um, what people saw was that he was able to be out there and manage a football field. So, if you can't get a star quarterback, you can't get a future Hall of Famer, hey, why not? Why not go with someone like Jimmy G, who well, was someone's just really average, right? Yeah. Just, no, like just average, truly average. Like, just take care of the football. Um, he'll throw it at least five yards down the field, and you'll be good to go. Uh, Morgan, we got Kings and Pelicans tonight. Kings right now favored by five and a half. De'Aaron Fox is questionable, according to our Frankie Cardicelli, reading his preview at SacktownSports.com. Kings Pelicans, who yeah, gods. I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings. They need a bounce back win, and um, I think it's not going to be easy. Um, but it, I think they're going to be locked in, ready to go, offensively, knowing what the Pelicans can do defensively with the way that they steal the basketball, that they locked in and engage. But you just really got to play your game, and I think your game is just playing sharp and not out of control. Kings handle business tonight. Double okay. digit victory. It's Let's that go. simple. Uh, stay tuned, by the way. Kettles and Rami coming up next. You can watch the show, youtube.com slash Shacktown Sports 1140. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya!